I'm coming for all of you. Right now, there's a 15-year-old sophomore in high school who has no idea they're studying nursing just so they can wipe my ass in 17 years. I'm 50 and single. That's a fantastic combination. I'm going to spend my golden years dating a handful of spit and a jug of Astroglide. Hey, what's happening, Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast? Does it sound weird? Does it sound different to your ears, your virgin ears? Are there virgin ears? I think you're, are your ears virgin if you've never had a cock in them. I think that's the rule. That's the baseline. If somebody puts a cock in your ear, you no longer have virgin ears. That's the only way you can have them. Because I've heard virgin ears for a very long time. And I've always thought to myself, why? What are the, the virgin from what? From a cock, certainly. And if you get a cock in the ear, Jesus Christ, who's having that conversation? And if, you, if you've had a cock in the ear, don't admit it. Literally do not tell anybody. And I don't want to give a fuck if a doctor's like, hey, you have gonorrhea of the ear. Just go, I don't know how the fuck that happened. Did you have a cock in your ear? Of course I didn't. Why would that happen? Oh, God damn it. I think you did. I don't know if your doctor's going to use the word goddammit, but he might, because I'll tell you what, if he stumbles upon a case of gonorrhea of the ear, the only thing you can say is goddammit at that point, particularly if you deny ever taking a cock in the goddamn ear. Getting back to the point, does it sound different? Does it sound different to you guys? Because I'm in a different zone. I'm in a different atmosphere. I'm in a different uh, uh, area code, not a different zip code. Well, a different zip code as well, but not a different time zone. Uh, remember time zone with Johnny Rotten and Africa Bombata? Did you, did you, here's the thing. Did you know that Africa Bombata, first of all, Johnny Lydon, Johnny Rotten from the Sex Pistols, he uh, he turned out now he's like a conservative like politician who's in favor of Brexit. I think, I think that's a possibility. But also Africa Bombata fucked kids. And not just like kids, dude kids. Like Africa Mabana was like a gay pedophile prowling guy. Um, by the way, gay pedophile prowling guy was an Africa Mabana 12-inch single. We all should have seen it coming at that point, right? Don't you think that should have been the tip-off for us? Cock in the ear was on side A, side B, gay prowling pedophile guy. Or gay pedophile prowling guy. I forget which one I said five seconds ago. Uh, all right, so I'm coming to you from, uh, from a different place, a different time zone. I'm coming to a place from cactuses and skulls, folks. When you orbit over it in a helicopter or a plane, you look down, cactuses and skulls, roadrunners and coyotes, meep meeps and yipes on a sign. That's what happens. A cliff that you can fall off of and just cause a little dust bowl thing there at the bottom of the old uh, dust bowl. This isn't the dust bowl. It's Arizona. Uh, that's where I am. I'm in the shade of, uh, you know where I am? If you're in a hotel right now, turn around. You see that painting on the wall? I'm in there. That's where I'm at. Any fucking painting, any artwork you can find in a hotel, if it's not some scene with British soldiers, it's always some scene of like Mojave Cliffs. And that's exactly where I am. Mojave Cliffs, Arizona. You didn't realize that, did you? Uh, I was supposed to land in Phoenix. The plane went down to Mojave Cliffs. Still doing a fucking show for you people. How about that? Surrounded by the dead and the dying, I still lug out my equipment and bust it out from the middle of Mojave Cliffs. Uh, I think it's Mojave Cliffs. I don't know. Again, I see cliffs and I smell Mojave, so it has to be that, correct? Uh, I'm in a living room. I'm in a dining room. I'm in a condo. I don't, I don't know what the fuck I want to call this joint. You know what? Condos are just fucking tall apartments. That's all they are, really, because you're still sandwiched next to people. Hey, look, don't change the name. Condo, apartment, whatever the fuck you want to call it, you can still hear the people fucking next door. That's it. So it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. Don't pretend you're better condo, better than apartment or whatever the fuck. You're still pressed way up against other people, and you can still hear them fucking in the other building. Now, 
that is a selling point for most of your condos and apartments. Honestly, if I was if I was any kind of a real estate agent, <laughs> what is that? Any kind? If I was a real estate agent, I wouldn't say if I was any kind because that presumes if I was one, I'd be bad at it. I'd be fucking terrific at it because I'd walk in, I go, look, hardwood floors, you got a sink that works, water, boom, boom. If you pay the bill, by the way, listen closely. Hear that moaning? That's the chick next door getting fucking railed, and now you want to move in here, don't you? Because at least let's put it this way: even if you're not a married couple, if you're a single dude, you can always hear that and go, oh, uh, there's a chick getting railed, and then run off a batch. It's perfect. It gives you a built-in beat-off meter. Uh, and if you're a lady, too, you can go ahead and fucking glaze the donut over whoever's next door getting fucking railed, too. I don't, I don't want to discriminate. Whatever you want to do, a guy, a lady, you want to run off a batch or glaze a donut, whatever I just created here, you can listen to your neighbors, go ahead and get off, and then go ahead and do it for yourself. Uh, just put down a towel, lay down on your hardwood floor because you don't want it to warp and just fucking get working. Get either uh, get a whole handful or get two fingers working and just fucking squirt all over the joint. Just throw ropes, lady or man ropes. I don't care. Throw lady ropes, throw man ropes, do whatever you got to do as you listen to the couple next door getting fucking worked. <sighs> I'm in Arizona, folks. Have I mentioned that? The land of cow skulls and fucking cactus eyes, cactus eye, cacti. I think you got to do that if you're uh, if you're saying it in a in a, pro, a plural way. I don't fucking know, folks. I'm in a condo, uh, uh, an apartment. I don't. Uh, it's weird. It's fucking weird. It's always weird for me whenever I broadcast anywhere. It's weird in my house. I mean, fuck. I told you that at the desk because then I'm looking directly into a wall and I'm just talking directly into a wall with a fucking desktop in front of me. But now I'm in a. I'm at. Uh, I can say your last name, can't I? I'm at the house of a Zach Landis, ladies and gentlemen. Zach Landis is a guy who uh, apparently wanted me to come here and then decided once I got here, he has no interest in me recording in his fucking house because (laughs) I show up and I'm like, hey, when do we want to do this? He goes, well, I don't care. You don't care. (laughs) This was the whole point of me coming out here is recording a fucking show at your house. Everything else is like fucking sauce. This is the noodles. This is the meatballs of the entire trip. If this was spaghetti, if this entire Arizona trip was spaghetti, this is the fucking noodles and the meatballs. The rest is fucking sauce. Now, I know you're thinking to yourself, the sauce is the key to any good spaghetti. Who wants to eat a bowl of fucking naked noodles and meatballs? Uh, Goddamn, how do you not name your band Naked Noodles? Hold on a second. <laughs> I think about it. Africa Mambata, he actually had another 12-inch called and Naked Noodles. It was oh, so, so tough to listen to when you heard about his crimes later. Uh, terrible. It was all about 12-year-old penises. We should have seen it coming, right? Uh, hey, can I even just by talking about 12-year-old penises, can I get flagged or taken down in some way? That's got to be awful. I don't want to be the next Bombata. I can't be Schmitty Bombata. <laughs> Fuck that. Africa Schmidt Bata. I'm going to get fucking taken out for talking about 12-year-old penises on a Naked Noodle show from Arizona. Uh, hi, I'm Naked Noodles, the new overnight guy in Arizona. All right, so here's the thing. I'm in uh, Zach's house, and again... He's invited me over and over. He's been like, he's been tugging on my electronic shirt sleeve. You know, if you ever wanted to come and do a show in Arizona, I've got a space. I've got a spot. I would love to be involved. I'll go ahead and take notes. I'll be your best audience member. And I'm like, fantastic. And then we get to his house. I'm like, when do we record this? He's like, I don't, I don't care. Whatever you want to do. Do you mind if I have the baseball game on while you're doing it? That's not a lie. That's not a fucking lie. I am literally looking across the room. He's got the Diamondbacks game on his computer. And he even said, he goes, hey, I might open up a Google Doc in case you, like, say something that could be the title. Oh, in case, in case I say something that could be the title? He hasn't gone for the keyboard fucking once in the first opening six minutes of this goddamn show. You know why? Because Johnny Cueto's spinning spin balls, and he's watching it happen. That's right. I just invented a fucking pitch. That's what he's watching over there, goddammit. I just invented the spin ball because that's what Zach's over there doing watching. He wanted me to come to his house. He asked me to come here, motherfucker. And then he's like, he even said, he goes, hey, this is totally fucking true. He's like... Hey, do you think, like, could you pick up the sound of the ball game on the mic if I had it up? What the fuck are you talking about? Like, it was at, because I was already kind of hinky, I won't lie. I was like, I was, 
60-40 that this would be a good experience, sitting here doing a sound check and then kind of taking some notes and figuring some stuff out. And uh, and then he dropped that on me and immediately went 90-10 against. I mean, 90-10 against. I should be in the middle of a fucking plane crash in the desert doing this goddamn show because I guarantee nobody out there, they would have, look, even the victims of a plane crash would have the decency to, to quell their moaning while I was recording a podcast. Meanwhile, Zach has to throw on the Diamondbacks in an April game that means nothing to anybody, for fuck's sake. Mike, do you mind if I have the, uh, oh, you know what? I've got two monitors here, as a matter of fact, because I'm a very fancy computer boy. Uh, can I go ahead and throw the hockey game up on the other one, too? Because I would really like to be doubly distracted while you're in my house recording a goddamn show. And then also this, he's got a roommate, right? Zach has a roommate named Derek. Uh, and you would never know it was Derek unless you saw the giant capital letter D he has on the wall for some fucking reason. <laughs> because what are you doing with your life? Holy fuck. You got to be over 30. At that point, shed all the capital letters you thought about putting on the wall. There's no reason to spell out your name. You live here. You, I, guess what? Your name's on the lease. You don't have to tag it with your initial to make sure nobody moves in when you're out fucking at work, okay? No squatters are going to come in here and go, holy fuck, is that a D on the wall? This must be Derek's place. We better cheese it. Uh, no, nobody does that. But then he told me, he's like, I have a roommate. And, and look, his, his roommate was gracious enough to loan Zach his car because that's how Zach went and got me at the airport because otherwise he's got a fucking motorcycle. And then I got to strap my hands across his velvet rims and clasp my hands across his engines, which is not good for anybody. Uh, so I can't do that because, again, if Zach picks me up on a bike, forget it. I mean, I just look, I'm, I like him, but I'm not throw your arms around his chest and bury your face in his neck liking him just yet. And I'll tell you what. Just having the ball game on during this show indicates I will never reach that level. I'm never going to reach that level with Zach. There was a possibility of romance. I won't lie to you. We could have reached that pitch. It could have been, I could have finished the show and it could have been naked noodles all night long here in the goddamn apartment. But instead, he's going to go ahead and double off and watch fucking highlights of the Giants on SportsCenter as they thrash the D-backs. Because I, I can't get his attention. Again, ball game still on. Even though I've made fun of it, still fucking on. <laughs> Uh, but I guess it's better than him checking his phone every fucking five minutes to find out the score of the very important April ball game between the Diamondbacks and the Giants who are going to finish in last. Fuck. Uh, hi. So I flew into town here, folks. That's what I did. And uh, I flew in on Southwest. And uh, that was fun today because I don't know if you heard um, oh a ridiculous fucking Michael Bay accident happened on a Southwest flight out of Dallas. And it caused them to kind of ground a bunch of their jets and go ahead and, I guess, jiggle the windows and make sure things were okay. Because apparently some woman, there was a fucking explosion on an engine. And again, I haven't, look, I haven't read it in depth. And there's a reason I haven't read it in depth. Why? Um, because I was getting on a fucking plane in four hours. The last thing I wanted to do was have the blow-by-blow and play-by-play of the horrific fucking special effect that happened on somebody's flight this morning. Uh, a plane, a Southwest plane, the engine exploded and a woman was sucked out the window. Now, I, I, I've i seen, you know, headlines since where it said one person dead in Southwest accident, but it also said that this woman got sucked out the window, but then passengers caught her and like pulled her back into the plane. Uh, so I don't know if she's the dead one, but honestly, if you're the family of the dead person, don't you feel a little upset right now if that wasn't the person who died and it was your, like your grandma died of a heart attack? Don't you go, look, no, let that fucking girl go sailing out the goddamn window and let her be the one who dies and let grandma make the fucking landing. Because seriously, you got to be up for, well, we got to be upset at Southwest too. I mean, that's just, I mean, engines exploding and windows bursting and then uh, people fly. And, and by the and again, truly it was because of the wing. It was right by the wing. Dude, I fly on the wing. That's all. I fly 17. I'm 17 C constantly or no F 17 F. Um, 
or 20F. I fly 20F depending on the window recess and where I'm at because I was on 20F on this flight out. I didn't make any change because of the wing. I'm not that guy. I'm not Because again, I actually had somebody text me and they're just like, uh, how the fuck are you getting on a plane today? And I'm like, do you really think this happens twice in one day? <laughs> I mean, seriously. And also, if it happens to me, uh, have you seen the window on a plane? You think I'm getting sucked out of the window on a goddamn plane? I don't care what kind of fucking wind tunnel or whatever they fucking got going on. Oh, you turned the game off. Turn the game back on, Zach. I don't want to ruin your day. Go ahead, please. Throw it on. Honestly, there's no reason for you not to have it on. Uh, I knew that was going to happen. I was going to bitch about it like as a joke, and then he was going to turn it off. <laughs> and, and then he was actually going to pay attention and then not laugh. And then I'm going to feel even more worse that I'm in his fucking house, and I'm not making him laugh when he could be watching a ball game and actually enjoying his fucking evening. Because uh, Zach and I, have we've been ships in the night a few times. He came to uh, L.A., and I wanted to take him to a salad joint. We had salad at a salad restaurant. He wanted to be in Japan with me because uh, Zach is a person. Get this. Get this, folks. Zach's a round eye who speaks Chinese. Or no, not Chinese, Japanese. He also speaks dirty knees. You know what? Look at these, by the way. Have I mentioned, have I mentioned that? Um, he speaks, look at these. He speaks Chinese, <laughs> Japanese, and dirty knees. He speaks them all. He's fluent in that entire joke. Um, so Zach is, he's literally, he's a round eye who speaks Japanese. He actually went to Japan to teach Japanese to Japanese people. How the fuck does that work? Like they brought in a guy from overseas to teach Japanese to Japanese citizens. You would think if you were a Japanese citizen, and, and look, Zach is a guy, Zach looks like, how do I put this? Jesus Christ. Zach looks like vanilla gelato. I mean, that's just like the, what he, he's just the whitest of the white dudes. He looks like literally four bottles of bleach and, and four socks. I mean, it's just, that's what out of the fresh, out of the dryer, man. He is just a, he is a glowing luminous presence. He is, did you ever see in the uh, Simpsons when, uh, uh, Mr. Burns was confronted by glowing aliens. That's what Zach looks like. Zach Landis <laughs> is luminous. He looks like if you cracked open a glow stick, he would pour out of it. That's what Zach Landis looks like for fuck's sake. Uh, and, and yet, the Japanese government saw fit to hire him to come over and teach Japanese people Japanese. Now, that makes zero sense to me, quite frankly. Um, but he's that fluent. He's that, because even I even sent me a text in Japanese, and I, I didn't even bother to translate it because I just, I kept it on the phone. I'm like, you know what? I, this must mean something cool. And then he told me today it meant sports. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, well, obviously this was some kind of info that I didn't, I wasn't privy to. Uh, but look... When you think about it, now that you grab your phone, we've all got Google Translate. We all speak Japanese, really, don't we? So, Zach, how fucking important are you, really? How special do you think you are? Tell the Japanese government to back off and hire me in a phone. I'll, I'll take that money gladly. I'll go over there and eat fucking sea slugs all day and teach the Japanese Japanese. Um, wait, you taught them English, didn't you? That's right. All right, all right hold on a second, everybody. We're going to rewind and we're going to take out the last eight minutes of the show because apparently I just it literally just dawned on me. How stupid it was that he would be teaching Japanese people Japanese. In Because, again, look, folks, we're just flying by the seat of our fucking kimono here. We don't know what the fuck we're doing. So I'm talking and I'm thinking, because in, in my head, as I'm saying those words in my head, I'm going, he didn't teach Japanese. Like, he couldn't have. There's no way he taught Japanese. And then I described him as this fucking, you know, total white being. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. He looks literally looks like Jesus' robes before the crucifixion, um, which I assume were white. They had to be washed, right? Didn't they fucking? They'd probably throw him. Although he got whipped up, right? He was all bloody. Why do I, why when I go to people's houses do I wind up talking about Jesus? Every time I do a fucking road trip to a dude's house, Jesus shows up. Um, which is weird because you would think he would come over three days after I recorded the show at the person's house. <laughs> come on. I got to get mocking left? Are you give me a rim shot? Fuck you. All right. Uh, I'm going to take that D off the wall. All right. So here's the thing, folks. Uh, 
I flew out here. Uh, you can turn the game back, and now I feel awful, dude. You got to go ahead and turn the game. Oh, please. I mean, because what if you turn it on and it'd be like the Diamondbacks have a no-hitter and they won 71 to nothing? I mean, like just the most ridiculous, unbelievable game, and you had me in your house yelling uh, in between a fucking 10-speed and a cat. That'd be fucking awful. Uh, there's a cat here. That's another thing. People tell me things when I come to your house. Don't fucking spring them on me. I go walk in, and here's my favorite part. I walk in. He's like, hey, there's going to be a cat. Now, he didn't even ask me if I was allergic or any of that bullshit. And I like cats. So, I mean, it's not a problem. But then I sit down on the couch. And then he says, uh, now the cat comes over. And the cat likes me. The cat comes over and noses around a little bit. I went to pet the cat, play with it a little bit. And then he says, hey, uh, the cat's name is Lizard. Uh, because apparently I was calling it Kitty and petting it. And that wasn't enough. And I was hurting its feelings. And Zach is really in tune with the cat. And then he goes, it's Lizard. Or you can call it Lizzie. However, you can't call it Liz because Derek said you can't. <laughs> And that was when I realized that Zach was Derek's gimp. And if, if I wasn't here doing the show, he would be sleeping in a box in the recessed floor of fucking Russell's old room. Because how dare you tell me that Derek has rules for his cat's fucking name. His cat, the cat's got like literally a brain half the size of a walnut shell. But it's going to know that I called it by an abbreviated name and then possibly whisper it into Derek's ear as it's stealing its breath while he's sleeping. I don't know. Uh, but also, like I said, Derek is here. That's the weirdest fucking thing in this whole, like, again, another guy I've never met. And then, and then here's this, this is Derek's joint again, D on the wall. It's right there. Uh, Derek comes out to the kitchen. Cause again, I cause Zach is like, Derek won't be there. And I said, all right, cause it's going to be a fucking shout fest in his house. He's, there's no way he wants me there. Right. And he's like, well, he's not going to be there. And then we get in here and I'm playing with the guy with, uh, uh, Liz, Liz. I can't call it Liz. I forgot. I want him to come out and stab me. Uh, I'm playing with lizard on the, on the couch. And then we hear which I think was Derek's way of saying, hey, I'm naked, don't come in. I don't know, but or of letting us know that he was here in the apartment. I don't, whatever he was doing, he was giving us the Derek high sign uh, by having croup. So Zach is like, uh, oh, he is here. He just coughed. I said, great. Because again, I'm, I don't, I don't even think Zach wants me here, quite frankly. Again, like I said, it's it's me versus Major League Baseball for Zach's attention at this point. Uh, but and I because again, I thought Zach wanted me here until we got here, and then he threw the game on, and then said, "Would you mind if I kept the game on during the broadcast?" And I, I wish I was kidding. I truly wish I was kidding about that. Hey, do you think the microphone will pick up the game if I have it up? No, not at all. You fuck. Why don't I just go? Because he even said he goes and then and then I go, "Where am I recording?" He goes, "Where do you want to record?" I go, "It's your fucking house. I don't know. There's a table. Should I use the table?" He goes, "Yeah. Do you want to pull it out? Where do you want to put it?" I said, "By the pool." What the fuck? Let's get it out of this house so you can watch your baseball game. What the fuck? Um, and then there's a plug on the wall. And if you don't think I'm freaked out about the fact that my cord is bent in a weird way because the plug's behind me because I didn't want to sit right where I'm sitting. And right here, this thing, this fucking fish hook. Um, I'm a weird person, dude. Here's how weird I am. I, I, I'm not staying with Zach, unfortunately. We wanted to. But uh, but D was like, yeah, no, it can't happen. Lizard will not allow it. So <laughs> it can't happen. Um but I'm, while I'm here, I'm seeing my friend Justin and I'm seeing Zach. But then, uh, 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 we, you know, an old friend of mine and friend of the show, Paul Goble, lives here in Arizona now. And he reached out to me and he's just like, hey, uh, well, for, actually, all right, I'm not going to make this isn't fun or I'm not going to sugarcoat this. Um, I was here for spring training about a month ago. And I got a note from Paul Goble just like uh, about a week ago. And he just wrote, hey, you know, I live in Mesa, right? And I just went, I do. He goes, yeah, next time you're in town, why don't you stop by and say hi? Just because, again, Paul Goebel is a thumb in the eye and he couldn't just go, hey, Mike, I, I hope you had a good time over here. You know, it'd be great if we got together. No, it was just this passive aggressive way of fucking with me because he was like, oh, uh, I live here. You know that, right? Oh, oh, you live in the state I was in? Like I was in the same state as you? I can understand why you'd be furious that I didn't run over to your goddamn house. Uh, and I was here for baseball and stakes. We talked about that, folks. 
But uh, so Paul said, then I said to him, I go, well, guess what? I'm actually going to be there the uh, April 17th through the 19th. So that's going to be exciting. And I, I would love to, you know, if I want to see you then, that'd be great. And uh, he said, well, what are you doing the night of the 17th? And I said, I'm recording over at D's house with the lizard, of course. Uh, he, had, he had to know that. I said, Zach's going to be at a ball game, but I'm going to go to their house and use it to go ahead and record a show. And uh, Goebel's like, well, you know what? I'm hosting a trivia night that night. And I said, well, fuck, I'll come in and wreck that trivia night. That's going to be fantastic. He goes, okay, it lasts from seven to nine. And I'm like, I, what the, I, what kind of shut it down fucking state is this that you're going to fucking end a trivia night at nine? Shouldn't trivia night just roll into like two in the morning? Shouldn't it go to the bar fucking closes? Were you just flipping me off? Nope. Yeah, you were. You had your fucking finger up in a weird like uh-huh. way. Like you did. You got your hand on your face, but you had your finger up like that. What are you doing? I just got the weird secret flip off, like the one from fifth grade, like a kid would like scratch his face with his middle finger. Zach just did that from across the fucking room. See, this is why I didn't want to look at you when you were doing, I was doing the fucking show. He pulled it out and he made me fucking do a thing where I'm facing him. Because when Fearful Jesuit, when I did the show over there, it was pitch black. Like, I mean, I couldn't see him. I would just hear like chortling from the underground or whatever the fuck. That was fine. But here, I, you know, there's lights on and I actually see Zach and two computer monitors and I see him sadly checking his phone to see the score of the Diamondbacks game because he turned it off woefully because he's upset that I fucking gave him a hard time. Uh, so Goble's like, hey, man, you know, uh, I, li- I live here and I'm doing this trivia night. And I said, well, we'll come by at the trivia night after I'm done recording. I was at last till nine. I'm like, well, fuck, I'm not going to be done recording by then because I don't even get off the plane until three. Now, I know you're thinking to yourselves, well, three o'clock to nine o'clock, that, that doesn't make a lot of sense, Mike. Like, that's six fucking hours. But you know this fucking show. I mean, I also thought I was going to visit with Zach. I thought we were going to stop and maybe go to Gadzooks and get a fucking enchilada and then hit his house and have a talk and avoid fucking Derek and pet the cat for a while. Like, I thought all that stuff was going to happen. Uh, but then... As we all know, fucking Southwest got involved today and threw a fucking woman outside of their goddamn plane into a jet engine like a flock of geese, and then I couldn't fly until 4.30 this fucking afternoon. And Zach, again, nice guy. I, I texted him. I'm like, because I woke I will to this. At least this is the good thing about Southwest. They knew right away that everything was fucked. So they texted me, and they're like, hey, dude, um, your 1 o'clock flight is now at 3.30. Oh, by the way, it's now at 4.20. Nah, no, it's at 4.30. You know, it might be at 5. Nah, it could be at 4.20. Like, they just kept changing the time on me. But at least they let me know via text because it could have been a fucking nightmare. I could have gone to the fucking airport at 11.30 like I planned and then sat there all fucking day as they told people, hey, I'm sorry, we'd love to get you on the plane. However, we're still picking bits of skeleton out of a 777 in fucking Dallas, uh, which is no good for anybody, really. We don't want to do that. But they're still doing it. Right now, it's on the ground. That was another thing. They kept showing that photo of the engine and I kept waiting for like a femur bone to come flying out of the fucking thing. Man, that fucking, I, I, and also again, so like I said, if I'm sitting by the window and that fucking thing blows up and I go through the window, first of all, I'm not, I, there's no way I fit out the window. However, part of me could, like, I mean, if my head and stuff got sucked out in a shoulder, but see, I'm a giant. So I would form a perfect seal on that window. Do you think those passengers are going to pull me in at that point? Fuck no. They're not going to let me take a fucking 80,000 mile an hour breeze in the face all the way until we landed in the goddamn desert. Um, and I actually, I've envisioned myself thinking about what it must've been like for that woman as she sucked out the plane and she's getting the breeze in the face. Like, look, we've all held our hand out the car door. All right. The car window when you're driving and you do that thing with your hand where you're surfing the, the wind. Could you pull that off in a plane? I mean, I, and I know, look, I know you're going 80,000 miles an hour and uh, I'm sure your lips are being exposed back and your gums are dried the fuck out, but wouldn't there be a part of it that's a fucking awesome adventure to like have your face out of the fucking plane and just staring into the goddamn abyss. Uh, and, and when they pulled her back in, was her hair completely white, like a twilight zone episode. Like she was so fucking scared. Ah, what happened? Oh, I'm sorry. You're uh, he went to screensaver and it looks like uh, uh fucking with weird dots. No, that's well, you can go to the screensaver. It was fine. Cause it was dark. It wasn't so glowy in my eyes. Um, this is a good idea too, by the way, bring your podcast on the road and then just scold the fucking guy who hosts you. That's exactly <laughs> what you need to do. 
Just go ahead and make sure you fucking up, uh, tip the apple cart over on his life and then fucking ruin his whole apartment. Make sure the cat hides and never comes out in a fucking light again. That's fucking nice. Uh, but I mean, if I fucking, if I went into a window, I would wedge it. So they would let me fucking ride it out. The other passengers would be like, oh, hold on here. Let's not, let's not be so hasty to drag that fucking guy out of the goddamn window, you would think. Um, and and I, I, part of me thinks, I mean, I'm sure your eyes would dry out too, right? That would be, it would be, look, it wouldn't be pleasant. But but you'd want to try it, though. You'd want to give it a shot at one point. Because like I said, I'm at that point now. i got 25 years left. That's something to put off the old bucket list. Hung out of a moving plane for a fucking, you know, 4,000 miles or whatever the fuck. And just stared into the into the wind and, and your future. Just fucking saw that. And at the end of it, your hair's got to be all blown like way back in your skin. And you got to be all chapped up, right? There's no way. You, you just, that's a Carmex afternoon at that point when they drag you back into the fucking plane. Um but yeah, so, so then my, my flight was delayed. And then and also at the airport today, so then you get there, and of course, it's that weird vibe where people are, they're delayed. So their, their flights have been moved around, and then uh, what, what was supposed to be at gate 17B is now at gate 18A, and then gate 16 is closed. But if you go over to gate 14, you'll catch that flight. A lot of that stuff is being juggled. Uh, and also it's that group of people who are pissed because they're, they've been inconvenienced, but not... Our eyeballs blew through the back of our head because of a man-made tornado from hanging out of a plane inconvenience. Do you know what I mean? Like we still, our uvula wasn't torn off in a wind shearing accident. Do you know what I mean? Nobody got a duck in the face. So nobody can be that upset and they can't complain because they want to. You can see that they're all kind of simmering and stewing and they're upset, but nobody can go to the desk because what are you going to say? Hey, because I mean, I, cause I had a complaint. I'll tell you this. I was on my early flight and look, as you know, I'm an A-list flyer with Southwest. That's how I handle my business. So I was a 27 on the flight out here at, at fucking one o'clock. So then when they texted me, they're just like, Hey dude, it looks like your flight's going to be at three 30. Uh, here's your new boarding pass. So I downloaded the boarding pass. I'm B 31. This is unacceptable folks, because I'll tell you what B 31. I'm now there's a good chance. I might get my seat on the right-hand side of the plane at the window. Uh, however, will it be one of the ones where it digs into my shoulder with the window fucking thing? I don't know. It could be a middle seat. Honestly, if you're, if you're anything past B 25 on a Southwest flight, you're better off sitting on the wing. I mean, literally let the window smash, let the window, the engine explode and get sucked out because really you're not going to be comfortable. anyway. it's just as comfortable as the middle seat getting fucking smashed through a window and, and having to fucking suck in ozone for a thousand miles. That's just as comfortable as sitting between me and some other fat dude. Uh, and there was a fat dude on my flight. It was so great. This dude, boy, he comes down and he just, he was, uh, he looked like eh, he wasn't as big as Mabel. That's a pro wrestler that none of you guys have any fucking idea who it is. But he was uh, he was just a giant African American dude. He's a big black dude, and he fucking uh, oh my god, was he huge? But he but he was strategic and smart because he saw me being fat and spreading out all over the fucking place. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to take the aisle seat in this fucking motherfucker, and nobody will sit between us. And uh, and he was completely right because no, there's no nobody wants to be the cream filling in that cookie. I mean, that's fucking. It was just death. You're just going to get fucking smooshed. Uh, that's right. Not even smushed, smooshed. I go double O's. Fuck the U. That U gets put on the table, baby. You get smooshed. That's a double O. You sit between the two of us because when you sit down, you just go, Oh, Oh, uh, but it was fine. I flew and then I flew into Phoenix. And as I know, look, I keep your Newarks, keep your busy airports. I know Dallas is a busy airport, but Dallas has amenities. Dallas has built itself into a gigantic airport that can accommodate a giant crowd. Phoenix 
is consistently overrun with people standing on one another's shoulders trying to get a glimpse of the departure thing. It's just, Phoenix looks like the end of World War Z. Like, the Phoenix airport is just a fucking, a free-for-all, constant, like, people, just humanity running it at one another, trying to buy the last Starbucks, like, literally at Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, just seeking refuge from the other human beings who are breathing over their shoulders. Fucking Phoenix is a terrible airport. I hate it. I just fucking can't stand it. And uh, and then when I landed, you know, I get off the fucking plane, and like I said, it's just teeming with humanity, because again, delayed flights and this, that, and then... And then you, and look, I'm, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. All right. Old people are fucking awful. And I'm an old person. I get it. I'm 50, but I'm not like old school 50, like limping with a white mustache yet. I'm not that kind of 50. I'm not the kind of 50 who like, who might have a bottle opener on their keychain and maybe carries a pool cue. I'm not like that kind of 50, which you'd find in Arizona. But, uh, sure enough, I get behind these dudes and they got, you know, and ladies and fucking just old decrepit people who you get with crepey skin. I didn't know what crepey skin was. Literally. I saw these people and I just went, that looks like crepey skin. And then I went, I gotta look that up. That sounds like it might be a thing. I I thought I invented crepey skin, but it's people who just, they, they look like they've, uh, they just got off. You know, I didn't, all right, let's put it this way. I knew Phoenix was an airport. I didn't know a train from Auschwitz also let out there. That's all I'll say because these people had flesh hanging off their bones and just sallow eyes and just walking sadness under a thatch of hair that makes them look like fucking Robespierre from a French painting. I mean, just dude, fucking snap. And the worst part is again, they're old. They got fucking nowhere to be. I don't, I don't, and I, cause I'll be honest with you. I don't even know if they're flying. I don't know if they're flying. I don't know if they landed. I don't know if they're there getting in their miles because the mall was crowded and they wanted to go ahead and just walk the fuck around. They get through TSA pre and they take a couple of laps and then they fucking go home and wait to fucking die. Cause that's all they're fucking doing. And I wind up, you know, I tried it. Look, I'm a giant person and I got a couple of bags and I know I got a Zach Landis waiting to get home and see a baseball game. So I got to meet him. He's out there waiting for me. So I'm trying to fucking hustle. And Phoenix's airport is like, you know, it happens often where you'll land in Terminal C and then you're, you're connecting flights in Terminal A. So you'll find all these pockets of people just standing and as if to unroll a map from the 20s on the streets of New York. They're immigrants who've just landed and they don't know where they're supposed to go get their skyscraper building job. It's just like the Irish fresh off the boat and they don't know where to go for fuck's sake. And I wind up behind them as they, spin, they keep their head on a spindle and they're looking for signs that don't exist and they're like, they bring their wallet out and they take their phone out. Your phone's not going to fucking help you in the airport. Your phone is not going to help you find your fucking direction. But sure enough, they got the phone out and they're like, well, we're Terminal C and then we're connecting and oh my God, get the fuck out of my way. And even worse, Phoenix has done one thing that's smart is they put in these electronic walkways and they try to connect you for terminals and ground transportation. But the problem is these people get on the fucking electronic walkway and then, and then it's as if it is this marvel of modern technology they've never experienced in their lives. Like, Oh, I don't have to use my legs and yet I'm being piloted forward. Good Christ. Oh my, what Jesus miracle is this? Hosanna, Hosanna. And uh, I get behind these old people on the walkway. And look, there's a sign clearly delineating. Walk on the left, stand on the right. It's right there. And yet, you will just find old people, four abreast, standing across like it's a, like it's the last game of Red Rover they'll ever play. <laughs> as they dare you to fucking go past them. And, and just with their, their heads in the air, looking around, marveling at the fact that technology can take them from here to there. And oftentimes I just think to myself, you know what? These people, they would never get off this. Like if it, if it didn't stop, they would never, because they're old. They're fucking old people and they're in Arizona. That's kind of where they belong. The only two places they belong are Arizona and Florida. I think the old people in Arizona are getting on that 
hoping it goes all the way to Florida. That's the only thing I can think is somehow these old people have just, because again, they just drape themselves over the conveyor. They stand and they talk and they chat. They look at the phone. They point at the windows. Because you know, also another thing, Phoenix has done like this artwork on the windows where they've actually etched in the descriptions of how to make a plane or whatever the fuck, or it could be a bomb. I don't know. You're going past it. You're rolling by, you know, the whole point is you're not supposed to read it. You catch it. It says McDonald Douglas out of the corner of your eye. You're like, I think that was art. Well, it doesn't matter. I'm fucking leaving the airport, but these people, they want to read the windows. Don't fucking give these people another reason to stay on the goddamn electric walkway. Oh, McDonald Douglas, you know, there's a 180. And one time my grandfather worked in a factory in fucking Holland. Get the fuck out of my way. Fuck. And then I tried, and the worst is when you walk up, because it says walk on the left, and you'll walk up, and again, like I said, they're just this this pile of old people. It's not even like a group or a, cha- a, 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 a number of friends. It's just a pile. It's just a, it looks like the doorway at the Great White Show when they were trying to get the fuck out, man. I mean, it is just a stack of people, like cords of firewood, and just that thin. And, uh, and you go to walk past them, and they all give you, like, the dirty look. <laughs> they all turn around and look at you like, like, again, it says, clearly delineates, walk on the left, stand on the right. But when you try to pass on the left, they all give you this dirty look like, look at you being young. <laughs> what do you got that's so important to do? You got friends somewhere? You got to you gotta go have an appointment somewhere? Just, you know what, Sonny? Just wait your turn and die like the rest of us. Fucking awful. And again, like I said, I knew my holy grail at the end of this was Zach Landis waiting with his roommate's car to take me home to the D headquarters so he could watch a baseball game on two different Google monitors. That's what he wanted to do. I didn't want to stand in his fucking way. Uh, and it's, it's, so those signs say, stand, they, they're like, walk left and stand right. It should just say, die everywhere. Die <laughs> everywhere, old people. Just fucking wind up, piled up, and not fucking moving. Oh, man, I fucking... And then, I, you know, Zach picks me up, and then we... And he's and good guy. He offers the, and again... I'm busting his balls, just like it buzzed. But it's he's just it, this is a really cool thing that he did to, to wind up having me here. Um, oh, I was telling you how weird I was. Fuck. So Goebel's like, hey man, you want to stay at my house? Because I didn't know where I was going to stay. I was looking at Airbnbs, and I mean, I can't stay at Zach's again because again, there's a cat and a D here, and I, I can't fucking. Although I'd love to listen to these two people next door, fuck. But I mean, still, I could probably get that in a hotel. Um, but then Goble, he, uh, he, and also Justin was, uh, was very nice. And he was like, where are you staying? And I said, I'll try to stay close to, cause I'm hanging out with Justin tomorrow to go to the ball game. Um, but Goble's like, you want to stay with me? And I'm like, dude, you don't, I mean, I'm looking for an Airbnb. Cause I will tell you this. I was looking for Airbnbs and they're all moderately priced here. You can get really good prices on Airbnbs here, but dudes, I don't know what, how, how fried the brains are of the people here in the fucking desert. Um, who the fuck sleeps on bunk beds? Who? <laughs> Who sleeps on a bunk bed? Because again, they here's their their logic is they're like, you know what? We've got one guest room. But if we put bunk beds in there, we can collect from two people in the same night. No, no, no grown-up is going to sleep on bunk beds with a fucking stranger. It's not gonna fucking happen. I don't understand. I, I don't see how you make dollar one out of that fucking transaction. Who the fuck is sharing a room? It's bad enough you're sharing a room. All right, it's bad enough you've now crossed over into youth hostel territory. But then you're going to ask him to fucking double up like Peter and Bobby? Get the fuck out of here. So that you're going to ask me. And, but I'm telling you, search the Google, the Airbnbs in Phoenix. There were there had to be at least six or seven bunk beds. And, and look, bunk beds are terrible. There's no doubt. We can all agree on that. However, you know what's worse than a bunk bed? I would, I would actually prefer a bunk bed to this. Shared bathroom. Dude, they want you to, and not only shared bathroom with the other guy in the bunk bed, but you got to share it with the people in the house. Man, fuck. If I, dude, I, I have a house. When people come to my house and they ask me to use the restroom, 
it's about a 30-second think. I mean, I, I honestly, I got to just be like, mm, I don't know, man. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know you or your habits. I don't know what the fuck you're going to do in there. You could use all the liquid soap. You could just totally piss on the floor. I don't know who you are as a person. Uh, you know, I, I literally got to ask for four references if you're going to use my fucking head. That's just the way it works. But then you're going to have strangers in your house sleeping in bunk beds and then and going to piss together? That's like a fucking Wes Anderson movie. What the fuck are you doing for fuck's sake? That's just ridiculous. It's just like a this quaint plot line where everybody gets along. It's like, I don't... Look, I don't want to see a stranger's dick. I don't want him rolling around up on top of me. And then, because it's literally, you're that close to fucking that person. That person's on top of you. You're a bottom. You're a power bottom. If you sleep in the bottom bunk, you are clearly a power bottom. Because that you could because that guy could clearly say the next morning, hey, man, I was on top of you all night long. It doesn't matter. You can't, you can't dispute it. He was. <laughs> you know what I want to do? I want to sleep in a bottom bunk once. Right, actually, you know what? Bullshit. I go, I go the other way. I don't want to be the victim of this. I want to be the perpetrator of this. I want to sleep in the, in the top bunk. And whoever's in the bottom bunk, and then I just want to jerk off and shoot off the side of the bunk and have them just like, just see them catch it falling off the edge and just going, oh no, did that guy just launch a rope from the top fucking bunk? You're goddamn right. Because I'll tell you this, even better at that point, that person's got to get out of their bottom bunk and go use the shower at some point. They got to walk on that rug. They got to make sure they don't step in what used to be Mike. Fuck, that'll be fucking happening. I'll just fucking launch a rope and just dare you. Because, you know what, that's going to keep him in the bed all night. I will say that. If you run off a badge and you just fucking shoot a fucking pool out and you just launch a rope there, there's no way that person's getting out of the bed. So now you got full, you get in the shower first, you got fucking full run of the whole joint. See, that's my strategy. I'll tell you what. If I ever wind up in a bunk bed, I claim the top bunk and I launch off a fucking rope. That's how it's going to work. Because I, it's, it's like, you know, when the, you know how the floor is lava and you're on the couch, you're like, oh man, the floor is lava. The floor is much worse than lava if I'm in the top bunk. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you, unless you're going to name my son Lava. Uh, but yeah, that's that's not a bad plan. That's like drawing a pentagram on the floor and summoning a fucking demon. I just fucking launch a rope and keep you in your bed. It's like it's like a fucking spell of, of, of lading, a spell of laziness, a spell of lading. I literally, you know what that's from? Trading places, they had a bill of lading. The guy brought it out. That's where lading came from in my fucking brain. <laughs> so don't pretend that you like that. It's so stupid. Um, but that's where it came up. Because this is a bill of lading. Stephen Stucker says it to fucking Franken and Davis. Zach, you're very young. You don't know anything about this. Zach is a very young man. Zach is 20 years old. He went, <laughs> he went to teach Japanese to the Japanese when he was 11. Can you believe that? Not only is he luminous and white and Caucasian, he was very young when he went over there. Which makes me wonder if there was something else going on. I don't know if he was some sort of spy, top-level spy, some sort of operative. If the Japanese turned him in some way. It may, you know what? This... This could be a long fucking con. Hold on a second. They could have brought him over there because the Japanese, look, it's no secret they don't like my podcast. <laughs> it's no secret that I have moral enemies over in Asia. So this could have been the fucking, they could have 10 years ago, they could have brought Zach over there pretending to make him a Japanese teacher. But then he's like the Manchurian listener. He's going to fucking right now, this whole thing was the long con to get me into his house and he's going to fucking stab me to death on the goddamn air and then release the fucking show. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't care for this, quite frankly. The Japanese, again, as we know, folks, they are known for that sort of thing. Uh, executing podcasters by programming children 10 years previous. All right, so <laughs> you watch out, Comedy Bang Bang. Aquaman, if he has some guests from the Orient, I, ah, ah, look what happens. That's right, from the Orient. I go from the Orient. All right, so uh, so in addition, yeah, the shared bathroom and the bunk beds and all that in the Airbnb, it just wasn't my deal, man. I'm like, I fucking, and it was one of those things where it's like, at the last fucking minute, if I had to make it work, I would. Even worse, dude, I'll tell you this, though. There's the bunk beds and the fucking shared bathroom. There was a dude. I mean, he it, he literally was like renting out his oven as a spare room. I mean, it was like just the fucking, it was the tiniest. It was a storage area is what it was. It was clearly a storage area with a cot in it. And he wanted like 38 bucks a night. Jesus. And, and he actually had, 
because this is the problem with the fucking gig economy, the Uber people, the Lyft people, all this fucking bullshit. And I tell this to people when they ride in the car. Um, when someone rides in my Uber and they tell me some horrible story about a driver, it always ends with, yeah, but you know, I still gave him five stars because I know this is his job and he's probably desperate. Um, he ran over a baby. It's okay to tell Uber he did a bad fucking job. You had to explain to him what the brake pedal was. It's all right to out that guy to management because otherwise he's going to fucking kill somebody and the whole fucking house of cards is going to fall in on itself. So that's the way it is with this Airbnb. Like this guy's got a storage area with a cot. And again, he did that weird thing where he took pictures from the ce- Like he, he held his phone over his head and took a picture of the cot from the ceiling down to make it look like it was a good room. And then also he took a picture from the yard of the window. You know what I mean? But not the inside of the room. He's like, oh, it's a perfect place if you just want to crash overnight. And you want to just that. And, and so I read the reviews and he had, he had five-star reviews and all these, and he had a couple of like one star. Certainly he had people, you know, just a couple though. Most people were kind of like, wasn't what I expected. You know, I, I honestly didn't expect to stand up and sleep, but still, I guess it's a nice place. He seemed like a nice person. Um, he did have a cup I could use. You know what I mean? Like, like there, people are so everybody in, in the fucking world using the gig economy is the little kid and Oliver. You know what I mean? They're just like, they, can I, could I have some more? And then all the Airbnbs get like more. Because everybody's so scared to death of Yelp and bad reviews and fine. And look, you know what? I'm a five-star guy, period, in life. I don't give a fuck what Yelp tells you. I don't care what Uber tells you. I don't care what my Airbnb, any of these fucking reviews. You want to give me one star? I don't give a fuck. I know I'm a five-star person. And if it means I don't get to use Lyft again, oh, fucking well. I'll get a bike. Because Jesus Christ, don't fucking capitulate and cave into these things. Don't let people bully you into accepting garbage and pretending that it's okay. This fucking room, man. I mean, it was just terrible. It's it's a it was a tiny cot. I used to sleep on one when I was a kid. Uh, fuck again when the when I when I created the idea of jerking off over the side of something, it was that cot when I was fucking thirteen years old. In fact, this might be the same cot for fuck's sake. This guy somehow may have purchased it or scooped it out of the dumpster somehow because it just looked grim, man. I mean, this whole fucking setup. It just it's just a cot in the corner, and also it's right up against the wall. Like I, uh, I just got a new bed. You know what I mean? My, my, I think I mentioned that I, did I mention I got a couch and a bed? Did I mention any of that stuff? You know, you listen. All right. I got a couch and a bed. So I'm a fucking human being. It's awesome. Uh, and now look, they're secondhand. Certainly. I mean, there, you know, there are, there are other people's smells are trapped in them and unfortunately there's nothing I can do about it. But again, like you said, if you go to Ikea, you buy the same thing. It fucking happens. Um, but yeah, but I'm haunted by the ghosts of Pat Francis's nephew's farts. I'm sure those are in the couch <laughs> at some point. Um, and I only bought a bed frame because what happened? All right. So here's the thing. I got a couch. I bought a couch from Kyle and, uh, and I, I didn't even get to mention this because I love Pat Francis. Pat Francis is, is, is one of my best friends in the world because, uh, he, you know, when I bought the couch from Kyle, he's like, Hey, Kyle and I'll bring it to your house. You can help us carry it in. I go, do you want me to come and load it into the car? He's like, no, fuck. We'll just do it. It'll be fine. So he did. They loaded it into his car. They brought it to my house. We carried it in. We set it up. And then he helped me move. I moved a chair over and we set the couch up. And then, uh, and then Pat was like, all right. And he left. And then he, that night he sent me an email and it was so funny the way he couched it. And, and it just, you know, it was just like, Hey, and anytime a good friend of yours sends you an email and the header of it is, Hey, things are going to go awry. Probably you're going to go ahead and realize that bad things will probably happen. So I opened it up and it said, uh, please take this letter in the spirit in which it's intended. <laughs> oh man, this is no good. Let me ask you something, Pat. Did the Japanese put you up to this letter? Cause they don't enjoy me. Uh, literally it's, it just said, Hey, look, uh, you need to change your rug and paint your fucking apartment. You have to do it. 
He goes, it just, it just doesn't look good. Now I think I've talked about that on the show here. I've lived in the same apartment for 20 years. Um, we've steam cleaned the carpets probably five times. Now by we, I mean, uh, me and my ex-wife slash butler who no longer lives there. So she left in 2013. So that means in five years, uh, I have not steam cleaned the carpets in the previous 15 years. We did it five different times again, out of our pocket. She also tried to paint the apartment once because she just had a fucking wild hair. She's like, I'm just, I can't stand it anymore. And I think she painted one wall and gave up. She was like, yeah, because you know, she realized her slothful husband wasn't going to grab a roller and get to fucking work. Uh, so she bailed on it. Which is fine, but then Pat is just like, dude, and I've had this conversation at poker before where the guys are like, dude, you have rights. You got to just check with the fucking California housing development. You got to talk to them because again, 20 years, no new carpet, 20 years, no new paint. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Well, last year I mentioned it to my managers because at poker, the guys busted my balls in such a fucking fashion where I went, all right, well, I can't just fucking wait on this anymore. But also I don't like telling the manager anything because I just figure, and again, this is who I am as a guy. It's been, I've been this way since childhood. Um... Cause like, you know me, I go from zero to a fucking 160. Like I'm, I'm either, I'm either like, well, I don't need to talk to them or I'm punching holes through their windows, grabbing cans of paint. Like I'm mean, just that psycho. And I'm trying to avoid being that guy and, and, you know, seeing Shannon and stuff has really helped. So I've done that. I've been able to take the edge off a lot. So, but at the same time, I did not want to ask them about doing these things in my house because I am not, uh, I'm not on a lease. We go month to month. And I just pictured me going to them and going, Hey, look, I really need a new carpet and new paint. And they'd go, you can get out. Like literally just kicking me out of the fucking joint. Uh, and then, you know where I'm at? I'm in a fucking storage room in Phoenix with my head against a wall. Um, cause I mean, again, my rent is ridiculous. I mean, I, I've been there 20 years. If I told you my rent, you'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because I got in and there's rent control. So they can only bump it up like 3% every year. Uh, and it's so funny whenever that, when, whenever the increase comes, I'm just like, ah, oh, man, that's, that's a drag. And then I tell my friends and they're like, what do you pay? And I tell them, they're like, you get the, get out, get out, get out of my house. You, we will burn you for a witch. If that upsets you, um, there are studio apartments in my building that go for like 1300. That's all I'll say. And I live in a one bedroom apartment. I'm not going to say anymore, but the point is, uh, I don't want to tell them because I don't, I also, and I like where I live. I'm literally 10 steps from the laundry room. I'm 15 steps from my car in the carport. I walk outside. I don't walk into a fucking hallway. It's a courtyard apartment. So when I walk out of my house, I'm out in a palm tree in the pool. They're right fucking there. It's amazing. I love it. I don't want to give it up unless I get some money. If I get money, then I'll, then I'll live like a human being. Until then, I'm dug in like a fucking tick. So... I don't want to take the chance of them just going, we'll get the fuck out because they've, they've tried to get, you know, they've tried to bribe me before. Like when I was writing on shows, they tried to get me to move into a three bedroom apartment because they, you know, it was like, I had a new job. They're like, Oh, you, you, cause he's Italian Mario. And now he's dead. Uh, so I'll do the ghostly Mario. No, I'll just do Mario's voice. Oh, uh, oh, so it says you got the new job, but you should get the one of the three bedrooms. It's so big. You get an office. It's great. And because they wanted to charge me $1,800 a month and then rent out my apartment for whatever the fuck they could get for it. Uh, but instead I went, Nope. Instead, I'm going to get a divorce and stay here. Sadly. <laughs> I'm just going to hide in this apartment forever. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm going to outlive all you motherfuckers. Uh, so I, I, I didn't want to approach them. But then finally, my friends convinced me. And so I did. I, last year, I went to the manager of my building and I just went, hey, look, I need new paint and a new carpet. And she literally looked at me and she goes, well, you know, they're not going to do that, right? I said, I'm, I'm pretty sure that they're not. But could you tell them? like that I needed, or could you talk to them or I'll talk to them, whatever you want to do, but I'm, I'm going to you because that's the chain of command. Cause I told you the manager of my building doesn't like being the manager of a building. Like whenever I get locked, when I've locked myself out of my apartment, she's just like, you really got to fix this. You really got to stop doing this. Cause I'm not going to be here to let you in. Well, no, no, you are. Cause that's your fucking job. 
I mean, I know you want to go somewhere or go to your book club or whatever the fuck or go day drink with other women or moms, but you know what? You've got to be here to let me into my fucking apartment. That's the way it works. If the washer exploded, everybody would go to your house. And if we knock on a door that doesn't get answered, guess fucking what? That's on you, motherfucker. Uh, of course I didn't say those things to her, but I wanted to, although I did the one time when her husband came home and they brought fucking Starbucks from the airport after I was locked out for fucking 55 minutes, they actually stopped at Starbucks rather than let me in my motherfucking apartment. And he's just like, you got to start leaving a key out here. Like, ah, no, I don't. I'm so, I'm so fucking mad. Uh, all right. So anyway, here's the thing. I, I, he goes, you know, she's not going to do that. I'm like, well, you gotta, you gotta ask him because I fucking want him to. Um, and then she came to me like a week later. She was, all right, this is weird. Like they, they might paint. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. And the thing is, I, uh, I don't want the paint. I want the carpet. The carpet is what I fucking want. Um, and I went, but, but it was such a crumb. I mean, literally when you're used to getting nothing for her to hold out a handful of crumbs, I'm just like, what? my liege. I just got on my knee and I grabbed her hand bowed. Uh, I said, seriously? She goes, yeah, they're, they're actually, she said that they would probably paint like they're, you know, you got a reminder. They got to talk about it. I said, great. Well, this is last fucking October. So here we are in April. They've not made one move on it. And again, I haven't, ex- I haven't exactly gone over it. Like literally it was enough for me for them to think that they might. I was like, yay. I don't have to say anything to anybody else ever again. I'm like, now I guess I'm just hoping they show up and paint without having to remind them again. But then when Pat came and he wrote me a note, he's like, fuck this dude. You, you have to fix this. Cause I mean, look, I'm not a slob. I'm not a dirty person, but 20 years of walking on a carpet, it gets a little frayed. It gets a little fucking stained. And I wear my shoes in my house because I don't like it not having my fucking shoes on. I have throw rugs over particularly threadbare or bad looking parts of the carpet. And the throw rugs are even garbage. I mean, I got to toss those motherfuckers. They're disgusting. So Pat is like, dude, you got to do this. I mean, I, I know you, you, blah, blah. and, and so I wrote him back because, you know, like I said, fucking bless his heart. He was very, he couched it in like the, the nicest way possible. And I wrote him and I go, dude, no, I, I think my apartment's a horror show too. I mean, I got no problem with you saying that. I, I just can't get it done. I told you, I talked to them six months ago and they said, maybe. And he goes, well, look, just get the fucking carpet done. He goes, if you get the carpet then I will come and paint your house. We'll make a day of it. We'll fucking paint. It'll be hilarious. It'll be, we'll have fun. And I'm, I'm like, cause he, cause this is, Pat's the kind of guy like, He's got a drill in his car. You know what I mean? Like those dudes, like if he, he pulled, if there was a stop sign hanging down, he would literally stop and screw it up because he's got a power screwdriver. He just, he'd go ahead and put it back up or he'd, he'd spray paint something. And he's just that guy. He's handy and he loves it. He loves doing it. And I'm not that fucking guy at all. So it, you know, uh, and again, you know me, I got, it was, it was such a nice gesture for him. And I got, I choked up like when I read the note and I wrote him back and I said, Hey, I love you, man, that you would even care enough about me to check on this. This makes me happy. Uh, and so then my friend offered a bed frame. All right, let me keep it the painting. I then, uh, I then mentioned it to my buddy chip and chips like, you've got rights, man. You got to look them up. Well, I looked them up. Yeah. I don't have any rights. They don't have to change the carpet. They don't have to paint unless it's a danger. Like if there's mold in the apartment or if the part, the carpet is slippery, then they got to do it because it's that. But if it's like every, if you're on a lease, like in a condo, I would assume, um, it's every seven years. They got to do stuff, but, but for fucking California, it said, even it said, this guy's like even 30 years, they haven't changed my, he's like, no, I can't, there's nothing you can do unless you can prove it's dangerous or it's a, a hazard. Well, I mean, it's not a hazard. It just doesn't look fucking good. So then I told the guys, I'm like, yeah, I checked into it. And they're like, what the, f- what, seriously? And I go, yeah, and they go, we, but appeal to them, like ask them. And, and then ship shifts gears. He's like, Hey, I had guys who redid my guest place. It was 650 bucks. You know, you can just pay for your own carpet. I'm like, I'm not paying for carpet. I've lived here 20 fucking years. They can fucking change the carpet. It's not that weird, like, you know, dick swinging contest, which I've literally had, I've literally had a dick swinging contest in that building when I did the helicopter thing. So, I mean, I'm no stranger to a dick swinging contest on those premises, but I mean, 
I, I'm always like one, I, and again, it's the stupidest fucking thing in the world because we all think this way. I'm one job away from moving out of that joint. You know what I mean? I'm like one decent writing job away from getting a better apartment. You know what I mean? Even though I like this apartment very much and I like being there. Then I, like I said, I've go to, I go to Zach's house. Zach's house is really nice. It's a nice condo. Or I go to uh, Jesuit's house. Jesuit has a fucking basement and a house and a 65 inch screen on his fucking wall. And I go, man, this would be kind of cool to have something like this. Or if I go to somebody's house, they got a fucking infinity pool. You're just like, Jesus Christ. Like when I, when I go into the guy, when Jess's house from rock sugar for that party, I was just like, I can't believe this even exists. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. So when you see those things, they inspire the lust for materialism that we all have. I mean, I'm content where I am, but it's not where I want to live. I mean, I'd love to have a house. I'd love to have something like that, but I've already resigned myself to the fact that I'm never going to buy a fucking house. So I should make my apartment as nice as I possibly can, but unfortunately they're not going to do it. And I guess I should pay the 650 because what the fuck, but I can't, I just can't, I can't bring myself to pay for carpet in their fucking joint. It just seems like a fucking stretch. Um, cause again, I still have the same stove I had when I moved in. It's this old, when Randy first came to my house, she saw the stove. She goes, Whoa, that's an antique. I said, yeah, okay. She goes, no, that's amazing. I can't, but she goes, does it work? I said, it does. She goes, that's crazy. I can't believe it. And I've, and I've never, they've never had to come fix my stove. I still like dudes. I still have the same fridge I bought when I moved in there 20 years ago that Karen and I bought. I still have the same microwave we bought when we moved in 20 years ago. I mean, I just, I've been very lucky appliance wise. So I, I don't want to jinx it by talking about it. Um, but that's how I feel about the apartment. It's, it's just, if I pay for the carpet, then I got to buy other shit. Then I should just trick out my whole life, which I guess you should do anyway. You shouldn't be fucking just sinking your money into trips to fucking Arizona to go to Zach's house. <laughs> See, that's how I prefer to handle my business, folks. I don't want to have a nice place to live. I just want to go visit nice places to live one day at a time. Bonnie Franklin style. That's how I want to fucking handle my life. Uh, and don't even come at me with the fucking Netflix of, re, of, of one day at a time. Somebody told me there's like a remake. Netflix redid one day at a time. Also, A, I've heard it's really great. And B, I've heard it's illegal immigrants. I mean, I could be wrong about that, but it's something like that. Or it's a it's a Hispanic family and the, and the tragedies of living in America and whatever the fuck. I don't even know. I, I got no idea. I'm not going to watch it again. All, all one day at a time is to me is Bonnie Franklin without a bra. Mackenzie Phillips possibly high, Schneider doing the twist with a fucking hairdryer on his tool belt, and Valerie Bertinelli dressed up like Elton John and doing a fucking fist in the credits. That's all one day at a time is. Don't fucking come at me with your Rita Moreno knockoffs. <laughs> I don't want to hear about that. Uh, all right, so here's the thing, folks. I wind up coming to Arizona, as I mentioned. And oh, oh so I didn't even fucking finish. So Pat's like, uh, when I got the bed, I, I get the couch from Kyle. This is not a joke. The, the next day, I sleep on the left-hand side of the bed. I didn't talk about this on the air. I, on the, I sleep on the left-hand side of the bed always, whether somebody's with me or not. I just wind up, I camp out on the left-hand side. Uh, and, if, and during the night, I'll roll over and I'll throw a knee over there or something. But uh, but the, literally the night after I got the couch, I'm on the left-hand side of the bed. I roll over and the whole fucking mattress tips forward onto the front left corner. And I go rolling and I have to catch myself and, and, and shift my weight so I don't roll off the bed. And I'm like, what the fuck? So, you know, I then go back because it's too early. I go to the left-hand side of the bed and I go back to sleep and I go, well, I can't go on that side of the bed anymore. And I wake up in the morning and I take the box spring and stuff off. And it turns out the screws in the frame have been stripped. Like when I got this bed frame from Siegel, you know, it's a really nice bed frame, but it looked, the slats looked weak and the screws were a little question mark. So I fucking, I had to, uh, I look at sure enough, they're stripped. So I, I, and look, here's who I am as a girl. I have, I have screwdrivers too, motherfuckers. I'm not, not just Pat. So I took a screwdriver and I screwed in the screws and I, I hooked the headboard back up and it seemed fine. I put the box spring, put everything back on there. I'm like, all right, I'm good. And then I went to bed that night 
and it was fine. But then by the uh, time I got up in the morning, I, it, it was stripped again because you roll over in the night and it moves the bed frame and shit happens again. Cause also I'm a giant fucking dude, which doesn't help. Uh, how bored are you right now, Zach? Seriously, turn the ball game on. Honestly, you could not be less interested in this show. See, this is the thing. People are always like, dude, if I would totally love to watch you do a show. And then they watch me do a show and they're like, I got to sit here quietly while you do a fucking show. That seems awful. Uh, which is, I, which is no fun for anybody. At least about me looking over at his puss as he keeps checking his phone. I'm wondering what we're going on with the Diamondbacks. Um, all right. So here's the deal, man. I fucking, uh, I, I, so then the bed breaks right after I get the, when the bow breaks, the cradle will fall folks. And that's what happens to me right after I get a goddamn couch. I'm a human being again. I got a couch and a bed and then the bed fucking it loses it. So it just so happened that poker was the next night. And then they started talking about our buddy Jack. Uh, and he was renovating his house and he was getting rid of a bed. And I, I said, uh, seriously, like what, like what kind of bed is it? A, a queen? And they said, it's a queen size. It's a sleigh bed. Now, I don't, I got no fucking idea what a sleigh bed is, but I'm like, all right, well, what, what does he want for it? And it turns out Jack's just like, I just want to get rid of it. Come get it. I said, are you serious? He goes, yeah. I go, dude, I'll buy lunch, dinner. I'll give you some money, whatever the fuck you want. He goes, no, man, it's my gift to you. Go ahead and get it. So then Chip shows me in his room what a sleigh bed is. And it's a, it's a matching headboard and a baseboard. And it is a, they're made of wood, like mahogany and they're curved. Like it looks, it looks like a sleigh. It literally looks like you are riding a sleigh down a hill. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. But there was, uh, but it's, uh, got openings in the headboard and in the baseboard, you know, you could, Oh my God, what if this was a live show? You could be putting up photos and stuff for people. <laughs> yeah. You know, who you are, you're like the Garen Cockrell of this show this week. You could go ahead and Google stuff and look it up. Uh, guy, dude, I totally need a crew. That's what I need. I need a sound guy. I need a Garen. I need a, a good looking UPS guy who I think hangs out on their show now at this point. Didn't I hear about that? Didn't they get a delivery or something and they wound up in love with the UPS guy and he wound up doing guest spots on the show. <laughs> I think so. I could be wrong. I don't look, I don't pay attention to other podcasts. So why would I do that? Um, again, I have to concentrate on keeping my show on the air because the wily Japanese are trying to take me off. Uh, so, so sure enough, we get this sleigh bed and then Jack's like, you just got to come pick it up. So Pat uh, immediately spread. This is Thursday night, Friday. Pat sends an email. He's like, what are we doing? Let's get Schmitty a bed. Let's do this. And then through all these emails, Jack's like, well, just come pick it up. And he goes, I just disassembled it. It'll be on my porch. And Pat's like, how about tomorrow at three, Mike? I said, yeah. Um, I, and it was like whirlwind. I'm like, yeah, I, I guess. Cause I had to drive and stuff, but I'm, I was in, I could do that. So then fucking it's like two 45. I'm getting ready to get into my car. And Pat writes me and he goes, Hey man, I got it. It's in my car. I'm on my way to your house. I said, why I do don't fuck. And he goes, no, no, I don't mind. I was there early. So he pulls in. It's just him this time. And we unload the bed. We go in the house and then he builds it. Like he builds the whole fucking frame. He helps me take apart the other frame and we go to throw it out. And, uh, and then we feng shuied my room, like my bed, the headboard, like was always near the window, but we spun it around now. So now like the sun kind of shines on like full, my full, you know, the blo- headboard's not blocking it. I get full sun. And, uh, and again, I teared up and I told him, I go, I love you, man. I, I, the fact that you would take an interest in my life that you would come over and do this. He goes, no, I like doing this. We got to get your carpet. We got to get the painting. He goes, even if you don't get your carpet, then I'll paint. He goes, I'll come over here and I'll, I'll paint your apartment. We'll just fucking hang out. It'll be great. And, uh, and part of me is like, that is fucking amazing that I would have such a good friend who would be willing to do these things for me. And then there's that part of me that's just completely fucking embarrassed that I'm a 50 year old man and his friend has to come over and paint his apartment. And then there's part of me that's really happy that I have a slave. So I'm excited about that. That's kind of cool. I'm like, wow, I got to buy a whip and agree the fuck out of this guy. Just fucking, ah, I have Pat because now I want to be that guy. Pat's like, yeah, I'll come over and paint. Now I should write him every day and go, when are you painting? When are you painting my fucking house? What time are you going to paint my fucking house? Because I don't want to be here when you do it. And it better be done when I fucking get home. You know what? I'm going to Arizona for two days. If my fucking apartment isn't completely painted by the time I get back, I'm going to fuck you up, man. <laughs> uh, so, so I looked for Airbnb. So again, and unfortunately that like all of them, 
bunk beds, shared bed, bedroom or bathrooms, and then fucking, uh, and then places with, you know, they look like my, my carpet, literally crime scene carpets. Uh, and then that dude's apartment, like people, they, they wrote reviews of his storage room. And like I said, his bed was right up against the fucking wall. So you can't turn to the right. Cause you'll, you'll hit the wall. It's just there. And, and it was, so it was tucked in a corner of, and it was a laundry room. It was clearly a laundry room in the continent. And this guy is running it out to people. Cause I look, I won't lie. When I went on the road and, and, uh, and when Jill and I went to Vegas and we went to New York and we stayed in Airbnbs, uh, in my head, I was like, I could do this at my house. Like I could rent my bedroom out and I could just sleep in the living room. I mean, what the fuck? But then I, it, it literally like it took one breath and I went, you're going to sleep in your own living room while a stranger sleeps in your house. And also then I went, and that stranger's got to use my shower. Like, I mean, that's a shared bathroom in my bathroom. I don't want to share a bathroom at your fucking house. They're going to share a bathroom at my fucking house. No, thanks. And guess where all my clothes are in the bedroom. So what am I going to do? Take out like a shirt at night. Oh, how terrible is that? How Fred Mertz is that? Just sleeping on a chair in a tank top and pants. And then in the morning, taking your, like not even showering, just throwing water in your face and running a, a tasteless toothbrush over your teeth and then throwing on a shirt and rubbing the sleep out of your eyes, waiting for your guests to wake up so you can go in and get your shoes. Oh, dude, fuck Airbnb. They've ruined everything. They've ruined the world. God damn it. Uh, but here I am. I'm at Zach's house and Paul offered for me to stay at his joint, which was really nice. And, uh, and it made me happy. But then, but so I, the whole point of telling you this was to tell you how fucking weird I am. So Paul wrote me today and he's like, uh, cause also, Oh, first of all, all right. So Paul wrote me today and he's like, Hey, uh, I'm at target. You need anything? And, uh, again, folks, here's what I, here's what I needed. Okay. I needed toothpaste and mouthwash because I have big tubes of toothpaste that you can't travel with. And I didn't want to put my mouthwash in the little bottle and take it with me. It's just, it's just, it was being lazy. All right. I could have, I have those little travel bottles. I could have dumped the fucking mouthwash in there, but I didn't. I was like, so, but instead of writing him, I need toothpaste and mouthwash. This is, here's how weird I am folks. This is the weird person you're dealing with. I literally, I literally wrote travel size crest and scope. I demand brand names. If you're doing me a favor. You can't just get me some bullshit off the rack fucking toothpaste. No, I need, I, cause, cause also I will tell you this, I hate Listerine. Like I don't, and that's why I wanted to make sure it was scope. And I almost said travel size crest with scope whitening stripes and scope <laughs> because I found that some travel toothpastes I don't care for. Cause look, man, I'm a close up man. I've always been a close up man. I've been a close up man for almost 30 years. So I go close up at my house, but when I would travel with Jill, she would have this scope, like green striped crest. And I was like, you know what? I can actually make do with this. I actually bought a tube of it once rather than a travel size. I had an actual tube of it in my house. But then I said, this just reminds you of your ex-girlfriend. Why did you buy this tube of toothpaste, you idiot? Uh, but instead I've just transferred myself into a close-up man, but close-up of course, because they are big ballers. They don't make a travel size close up, ladies and gentlemen. They make only the big size close up. They only have the, they only have like the big black cock size of a close up tube. They don't come at you with any, and they don't go with naked noodle. They don't go Africa Bombata size. They go like legit Africa Bombata size. They don't go what Africa Bombata like to put in his mouth size. So they don't come at you with a tiny white fucking tube of close up. They only have a big black cock size. So I can't get close up when I'm traveling. So I instead make sure that my friend who's doing me a favor by letting me stay at his house and then doing me another favor by picking me up supplies from target knows that I want brand names or I'll fucking give him shit. When I get to his goddamn apartment, I'm the best. And it's not an apartment. It's a house. 
But he even said to me, because I told him when he was asking me, he's like, what are you doing? I go, I'm looking for an Airbnb. I go, a lot of fucking shared bathroom situations in that state. And he's like, not by me. You can stay with me and you'll have your own bathroom. And I'm like, oh, but now part of me kind of wants to share a bathroom with Paul Goebel. Doesn't that sound like a dream? <laughs> Doesn't that sound like your end game, folks? That is truly my end game. Oh, I can't wait to share a bathroom with Paul Goebel at some point. I just want to see how he does that hair. Oh my God, it's going to be fantastic. He styles the hair. Um, but everybody's very gracious when I come to their place. They always say, hey, what do you need? What do you want? Like, And uh, our friend Zach did the same thing. He's like, hey, is there anything I can get you? Like, what do you want? I go, well... Because here's, I've changed who I am because I also don't want to be greedy at people's houses. So I go, look, if you've got a fridge that dispenses water and ice, which I guess is still fucking greedy now that I think about it. <laughs> I can't just say, I'll drink a glass of water out of your sink. No, fuck no, I can't do that. Because I'm 50. I don't want to die. I don't want to get fucking uh, Mojave Hills lung or whatever the fuck you guys got in your water out here. So I, I was like, hey, you know what? Uh, I said, if you have a refrigerator that dispenses ice and tap water, I can drink that. And he's like, I don't. And I go, all right, well... Uh, He's like, do you want Propel? And everybody's very nice because they remember that I like Propel. Uh, I don't buy it myself very often. Now I've just kind of almost transferred exclusively to Crystal Geyser bottled water. So I said to him, I go, you know what? Propel would be nice or Crystal Geyser bottled water. Like if you wanted to get either of those, that's fucking cool. And Zach's like, no problem. I got it covered. So he picks me up at the airport and uh, we get in the car and he goes, fuck. I go, what's up? And he goes, oh man, I totally brought you a Propel to my work. It's still in the fridge at my work or I would have given it to you. And I go, oh, well, dude, don't worry about it. And he goes, no, that's fine. He goes, but it's the black cherry one too. And I go, oh, now, now I'm mad, dude, because that's the fucking, that's the winner. Now I'm totally sad. And he goes, well, that's okay. We still got stuff at the house. He goes, but it's, but the berry one is at the house. The black cherry's at my work. I go, well, I can drink berry. That's totally fine. But then in my head, I'm like, well, why would you only stock your work fridge with the black cherry? And then stock your home fridge with the berry. That just seems like a weird split. Like he, he brought all the black cherries to work and then he kept all the berries at the apartment. It just seems like a weird thing because we weren't going to the office. And I understand he wanted to bring me at least one for the ride, which is very nice of him. So uh, we get to his house and he's like, all right, so what do you want to drink? And I go, well, you said you got a propel. He's, yeah, he goes, uh, here, here's the berry one. He opens his fridge. He bought two propels. <laughs> he bought one black cherry and one berry. What the fuck do you think is wrong? Do you think I'm only going to drink two bottles of Propel? What the fuck is wrong with you? You invited me. I'm the talent, goddammit. You buy two bottles of Propel? Buy it for yourself. It's good. Even if I don't drink the eight that you buy. Because I, I know how much these cost. They're like a dollar. Spend a couple bucks. I'll even kick in the bucks. So now I'm nursing this berry Propel like it's a bag of fucking insulin. I don't want to fucking drink the whole thing because I'll have nothing afterwards because Zach couldn't be fucking spared to spend two more dollars on another bottle. And now I know for sure Zach tomorrow goes to work and gets to open up a black cherry, just crack it open and laugh at my ass. God damn it. (laughs) This whole thing was planned. Fucking one Propel. Dude, so I literally, I keep looking over. I'm like, well, I'd totally like to drink something. Uh, You know what? I'm not going to drink that. Fuck. I got to save it. I got to save it for the end. Uh, And then I get in his car and I make fun of the dirty windshield because I'm the best. I'm a really good house guest, folks. I'm I'm not only, I'm not only upset about two bottles of Propel, but then I literally said to him, I go, hey, look, uh, I know this isn't your car. I know you've got your uh, ridiculously gay wayfarers on. So you look like a member of the Buggles. However, if there's a way you could clean the windshield, that'd be great. He's like, this is only my second time driving the car. I don't know how to clean the windshield. And it was, an, it was important enough to me that honestly, if he would have seen a gas station, I would have said, pull in. And I would have gotten the squeegee out and gone to work because I can't, uh, I'm the weirdest dude ever. Again, I'll give you a name brand toothpaste that I need and I, I got to have clean windows. I cannot look through dirty windows because, and again, I will tell you this, it's because I have a, I got a fucking thing. I got a stigmatism. I got a condition. 
I got and and you don't want to know what condition my condition is in. I'll tell you that right <laughs> now, folks. Uh, my I, my eyes, I uh, they focus on what's in the foreground. So I'm looking out the windshield. And I'm just seeing dirt. I don't even see the other cars. I mean, I can see, look, fuck, I don't want to make it that bad. I mean, I can see everything that's happening, but my eyes will always focus on the foreground. So when there's a leaf or a thousand dead bugs from the Reagan administration because Derek can't be bothered to clean his fucking car ever, I'm like, dude, you got to squirt these motherfuckers off. And uh, he goes, well, how do you do it? I go, well, dude, I'm sure if you pull the windshield wiper thing towards you, it'll, it'll do it. And so he literally, he pulled it once and it squirted like, just a little bit on the windshield. And then it's so the windshield wipers start moving. I go, dude, just bury it. I go literally pull it forward and hold it for five minutes. You just want to juice the fuck out of this windshield because this is filthy. So he holds it and we're laughing. Ha ha and sprinklers. And then uh, as that's going on, we realize that he's got plenty of wiper fluid. So that's not going to be a problem. However, uh, Derek also hasn't changed his wiper blade since 1977, which is going to be a problem for anybody. Because uh, it didn't so much as clean the dirt, so much as make a nice flowery mosaic out of the dirt on the windshield. Like I said, I said to him, I go, we went from dirty car to LSD trip. I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at now. It just looked like patterns and swirls, and it was just, it was just fucking awful, folks. And again, the only thing more awful than that is me complaining about it. Because again, I'm here. Zach picks me up at the airport because he's a good guy. He buys me two bottles of Propel, which, regardless of it being two dollars, it was still two dollars he spent. I mean, they didn't have to fucking spend. Uh, but of course I come in and that's what I do is I tear everything asunder. That's how I handle my business. So do you want me to come to your town folks and go ahead and do a show at your uh, condo slash apartment? Just do me a favor. Go ahead and buy a big F and put it on the wall so I can make fun of it. And then we've got a show. God damn it. We'll make it happen. <laughs> uh, cause when I was coming here, I thought I was gonna have to Uber everywhere. I was going to rent a car or Uber. I, I couldn't figure out what to do. Uh, but then again, like I said, I'm at Zach's tonight and then I'm going to Paul's and then I'm going to Justin's and we're going to the game and then I'm going back to Paul's to stay there and then I got to get back to the airport. So part of me was like, well, maybe I'll rent a car uh, because Ubering is the way to do it now. I mean, you just Uber all over, but also, man, you know, it's, it's funny. I get a weird view of the way things are as a driver for Uber. I'll make a, I'll do a ride and I'll make eight bucks. But then I look and the person was charged 17. So Uber takes that cut like right off the top. They call it a booking fee and all that other bullshit and taxes and nonsense. So I, in my brain, I go, well, oh, you know, an eight mile ride costs eight bucks. Well, no, it doesn't. An eight mile ride costs $17. It's just that the driver only makes fucking eight of it. So in my head, I was like, well, I'm only going to go here and there. It's probably like eight rides. And I'm like, well, eight times eight is fucking, that's going to be like 70 bucks and that. So then I said, you know what? I'll rent a car. I haven't rented a car in a fucking million years. And also... I feel guilty having Paul take me here. Like right now, I don't know how I'm getting back to the airport. I know Zach can't do it because Zach has a life and fucking work. And he was nice enough and gracious enough to pick me up from the airport. And I can't fucking impose upon him again. Although I did. And that's how I know he can't pick me up. (laughs) So I tried to look benevolent to you folks, but I did fucking ask. Don't kid yourselves. Uh, But I only asked just so I can get my shit squared away. I need to know what the fuck I'm doing. Because I know, like I said, I know I'm going to Paul's tonight. And then Justin's going to pick me up and I'm going to the game. But whatever the fuck. So in my head, I'm trying to figure out, well, if I got a car... I could spare these guys the expense of getting me. And also the airport is the big one. That's the killer. Cause I mean, I don't know how I'm getting back to the airport in a couple of days. And, uh, so I can ask Paul or I can ask Justin to take me and I, but I don't know who has a life and what they got going on with their day. I mean, I don't want to be that fucking dude. And it's so funny because on Facebook, they'll do this thing with this on this day where they'll teach you, they'll show you stuff that you posted. Not kidding. On this day in 2011, I was looking for a ride to the airport in Portland. Not even joking. From Hipbone Studio, I did a show there, and I was like, uh, so, hey, anybody want to take me to the airport? I'll buy Reggie's biscuits or whatever the fuck. Um, and I used to think it was a cool thing. Like, I, I, hey, man, we'll have lunch. You can have lunch with your favorite podcaster, and then you can take me to the airport. And now, you know, eight years later, just like, fuck you, stop asking. <laughs> Uber exists. Nobody is picking you up ever. And so I don't even, like, I, Erica used to pick me up all the time. I stopped asking because, like, I, I did, you know, 
I think I asked her last year. I asked her three times in a row over the course of like five months and she couldn't do it any time. And I went, I'm never asking again. It's just because it's, <clears throat> and not, not in a harmful way. I mean, she, for years, she was always my go-to, but she's got a life. You know what I mean? She has friends. She hangs out with, she goes to concerts, she does stuff. And so she can't pick me up at the fucking airport at six. Cause she used to do She used to, cause she lived like 30 miles from me. She'd drive 30 miles to my place, 20 miles to the airport at four in the morning and then go home because she was a cool person and my friend. So there's, I I would never be mad at her for saying no. Now you, of course I would say I would be angry at you bought me two fucking bottles of drinks. Uh, (laughs) so, uh, so I didn't know if I was going to Uber or whatever, or rent a car, but then I looked into renting a car and fucking dude, it was only 11 bucks a day, but here's the funny part. I'm, I'm here. I'm only here two days. Like I'm here today. I come home Thursday morning early. Um, it was, it was $53 even though it was 11 bucks a day because the taxes and the fees are $26. Like it was, you know, it was, it, it was 30, it was like 22 50 for the car. But then it was, it was fucking $26 for the fees. I'm like you. And that happened to, when I used to travel before with somebody, we'd, we'd look at it. We'd just laugh because that was why it stopped being uh, prudent to rent cars because the fees were always outrageous because that's where they put all the taxes for, to build a fucking baseball stadium. It always goes on shit like that. And then also when you would stay in a city, like when Jill and I would stay in Chicago or a city, you, you would go to the hotel and they'd be like, Hey, it's $40 to park your car overnight. And you'd be like, what the fuck are you? I mean, that's more than I paid for the day for the fucking car. It's, that's more than a tank of fucking gas. Um, but then when you were gracious enough to say you'd pick me up, I, cause I made a reservation. I was like, fuck it. 50 bucks. I can do that. Cause I mean, that's, that's a pretty good deal. Uh, but then I wound up canceling it because I was like, well, I could Uber. I could just, I could go with Zach and whatever the fuck. Um, and I just, I want the chance to Uber just so I can be, I, I can bring all of my good karma to being a passenger and, and let the, the drivers of this state experience a good person who knows what they're doing. You know, um, I, I will tell you this, uh, because I have to, I, of course I drove this weekend. Um, I drove Friday night and, uh, I drove really late and I, I went to, uh, if you're the if you're the protagonist in the story, just rethink your life. Just just you have to take a step back and go. I don't I don't know why I do these things. I mean, I stopped at a bar to pick people up. It was in downtown Los Angeles, and three people get in the car, and one of them is clearly he's soused. The other two might have been drinking, but this guy's fucking loaded. So he gets in the car, and I'm I'm uh, we're in downtown Los Angeles, and they're going back toward the valley, which is where I live. So I'm like, well. I mean, it's fucking three 30 in the morning. Maybe I'll, I'll, I always say I'm going to make that the last ride. And then I fucking stay out until five. Um, cause I'm trying to just gather up as much fucking money as I can. So I'm like, all right, we're going to the Valley. Yeah. So we start driving and, uh, it's downtown. So it's crowded and I'm hitting lights. Even at three 30, there's people going home. And, uh, I, I hit a light and I hear like a crinkling in the back, in the back seat. I'm like, and I'm just like, all right. And I, I go, Hey, I go, are you guys eating back there? And he goes, no, sir. And uh, I go, all right, well, that, is that a bag of chips? Or is that, are you bringing out booze? Like, I need to know what you have in my car because it's just, you can't leave a mess. And the guy goes, oh, no, I brought a bag in case I throw up. I said, pardon me? And he goes, uh, and his, he, he's drunk. So the sober guy goes, yeah, no, he, this has happened to him before. Like, he, he's thrown up in a car and it's like $300. He goes, so he doesn't want to throw up in your car. So he's, he brought a bag instead. <laughs> and I, I pull over and I go, you know that by throwing up in a bag in my car, you're still throwing up in my car. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, well, no, it's not, it's not the same. Like there won't be any damage. I go, no, it'll fucking reak. It's going to reek the whole ride. And he goes, no, no, no. He goes, once I do it, I'll just throw it out the window. I go, get out of my car. 
He goes, pardon me? I go, get out. You can't, I can't take you if you're going to throw up. He goes, well, I don't think I'm going to throw up, but I got it just in case. Cause you know, one time I had to pay that $300. I don't want to pay it again. And I go, get, get dude. I look at his friends. I go, you guys got to get out. You can't. And he, and he's drunk. So he wants to argue. He's like, no, he goes, I'm doing you a favor. I go, you're not doing me a favor by thinking that you're going to fucking throw up in a bag in my car and then either keep it in here. So we all have to smell it. Or you're going to throw it out the fucking window. Really? Who are you as a person? And his friends are like, come on, we got it. We got to go, Manny. And he's just like, I, well, no, I just know we need to get a ride. I got to go home. And I go, yeah, so sober up. I go, I'm not, I can't take the risk. And he's like, well, I told you I got a bag. It's not, I won't get one drop on the floor. I won't get one drop on the floor. I go, that's not the point. I will still have to listen to you vomit in my car. I will have to listen to you tie the bag and then think of you throwing it out on the fucking 101. Dude, I got news for you. The second you start throwing up in that bag, this entire fucking car turns into a stand-by-me pie-eating contest. No fucking way that this is happening. I'm not going to, because your friend is not going to, la- you know what, they might laugh at first, but then the second the, the, the smell of it hits our nose, we're going to want to fucking throw up too. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not driving a bag of vomit to the valley. <laughs> oh man, you know, you're being kind of a dick. All right, I, then I'm being a dick. You guys got to get out. And they got out. They got out of the car. Uh, and they, and I, they, and they drop out and, they, and they're just like, they're griping. They weren't yelling at me, but they're like, man, that's what I, so I drive off and I'm just like, I can't fucking, I have to, and I have to fucking end the ride and then tell Uber not to charge them because I only drive, drove them like a mile and I don't want to be a dick. And, uh, I get to a red light and I, I, you know, I hit the brakes and I get the windows open and then I just all of a sudden like wind and it kicks up. He left the bag in the car, the bag just sails up in the back. <laughs> And it's floating around like the fucking scene in American Beauty. And I'm like, oh, great. Well, I just dropped off my American Nightmare, but I still got American Beauty in the back fucking seat. Get the fuck out. And now all I can think of is the next Uber guy who picks them up and he's going to go, all right, I'm going to He reaches in the pocket. Oh, no. I don't have the throw up bag. And he just fucking launches all over his friends and the driver. Fuck that, man. Who are you? Who are you? It's, it's bad enough that you're so drunk you need a lift from a stranger, but then you're going to, you literally bring a backup plan in case you're going to throw up in a stranger's car. What the fuck happened to the society? You're renting out laundry rooms and calling them bedrooms. You're renting out bunk beds to adults. You're carrying a vomit bag. Like you're, like you're an airline. Who the fuck are you, man? <laughs> I'm driving last night. It's Monday. The bonus this week is 30 rides. So I'm like, you know what? I'll try to catch some rides on Monday and then I'll drive Thursday. When I get home, I can hit this bonus. It's achievable. So I got the drive last night and I waited too long. I didn't go out to like fucking 10 o'clock, nine o'clock. And there's not a lot of drives that night, but I'm driving. I did okay. I did about six rides. Finally, it got to be 10 to midnight. And I'm like, you know what? I get this. I want to go home. And there's a, there's a restaurant that's open till two in the morning. It's called Halal Guys. They have them in New York. They just opened a bunch of them in California. Oh, you got one here in Phoenix? Okay. If you Have you been? Not yet. It's badass. Okay. It's just, it literally, it's just, you know what it is? It's a Chipotle for Mediterranean food. I think I've talked about it on the air before. You go in, they put in like chicken and, and uh, beef on top of lettuce and tomato. Uh, you get some onions and peppers. They do a white sauce. You get a tahini on there. And, uh, and they give you pita bread that's really soft that they cook on the grill. I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's crazy delicious. It's, I don't know if it's nutritious. It's not a fucking, you know, it's not gourmet or any of that bullshit, but it's really good. And it's open super fucking late because once you get past like 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, you know, once in and out closes at one or one 30, um, 
on the weekend you're doomed. So there's a there's a Thai place that's open till four. There's a couple of all night joints, but Halal Guys is open till four o'clock in the morning too. So I was like, you know what? Fuck. It's it's ten to midnight. I had to get up early and fly today before the woman got sucked out the window and fucked up everybody's day. Uh, so I said, all right, here's what I'll do. I'll just go ahead and I'll, I'll head back toward home, but I'll hit halal guys. Cause I was, I was, uh, <clears throat> I was driving. I was fine. Everything was fine. I picked somebody up in Burbank at the airport. I took them downtown, but then I picked somebody up in downtown and we went all the way down to fucking, uh, Inglewood, which is near the airport. And I was like, well, I don't want to pick anybody up down here because it's all, it's a lot of pools. You don't give a fuck. All right. I know nobody gives a fuck, but I figured, you know what? I'll just head home. I'll head towards home and I'll get to halal guys. So, uh, I left it on heading toward halal guys and I picked somebody up. Cause again, usually those are short rides and they're all kind of going in, you know, in a couple of blocks. And it turned out this person was going to West Hollywood. So, uh, I, I mean, <laughs> That's fine. It means I can't go to Halal Guys because Halal Guys is on Wilshire, but there's another Halal Guys in West Hollywood. However, that one I think closes at one o'clock, whereas the others close at fucking at like two on the weekdays. So I said, all right, I'll take this guy to West Hollywood and we'll see what's on. But the thing is, I'm driving and again, I'm trying to steal some rides. So I'm only at six rides with this guy. He's my sixth ride of the night and the bonus is 30. And I'm like, well, like, I don't, I, I don't think I can do 24 rides on Thursday. I wanted to try to get 10 yesterday. I said, this isn't going to fucking happen. So I went to drop him off. And as I did, I got pinged for a pool ride. Pool rides are always short. So I'm like, all right, well, this will be a seventh ride and you might get one more. And who the fuck? I right, fuck. And hello guys is open till two on Wilshire. Maybe they're going over there. You can hustle back over there. And, I'll, and then in my head, I also go, you know what? You don't even need to go fucking hello guys. You can just go home and have an egg. I mean, what the fuck is your problem? Just try to make some fucking money and do this. So I get pinged for a pool ride. I head on my way over there and, uh, all of a sudden, not even joking. I drive 10 seconds, Bling! automatic rider accepted, Bling! automatic rider accepted two more people. So now I'm going to have a car full of people. I'm going to have three people going on pool rides and could be four. Cause sometimes they're giving me four now on the pool ride, whatever. So I drive, I pick up the first dude. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to say names. You'll hear why later. But uh, his name's Mario. Fuck, I don't care. I'll say his name's Mario. So I pick up this guy, Mario, and uh, he's a, a lovely Hispanic gentleman, you know, and, and he's, he's on the phone in Spanish. He's like, that. he's speaking in Spanish. And, I'm, and so then I'm like, all right, because I get people all the time who don't speak English. So I'm like, all right, you're going. And he goes, oh, hi, how are you? And I go, okay, cool. You know you chose pool. I give him the speech about the heater. I give him the speech about the fucking radio. He's like, yes, may I, may I continue my phone call? I go, of course you can. I like when people do that. Again, we're all in this together. Let's have camaraderie. I'd much rather you ask if you can complete your phone call than vomit in a wineskin. <laughs> so I go, look, we're picking up two other people. He goes, that's no problem. So I go up Sunset Boulevard. I pull over and there's a guy sitting there uh, and his name is Nacho. I'll just say that's his name. Might not be, might be, who cares? So now I've got Mario and Nacho in the car and uh, I accept Nacho. And then there's a woman sitting with Nacho and her name is Evelyn. And she gets up and she starts walking over to my car. And I'm, I just look at her and I go, no, no, I, I go, I, I'm here for, I'm here for him. And she goes, no, no, he's, he's okay. It's okay. She goes to get in my car. I go, no, no, I'm, I'm picking up Nacho. I, no offense. So then I, I, I didn't even get to accept Nacho yet. And he's in the car. So Nacho goes, no, she is with me. I go, no, Nacho, it says that there's, there's only one of you. And he goes, no, no, see, she is your another ride. So I go, what? 
So I slide Nacho to accept his trip. Ba-da-ding, Evelyn pops up. They ordered pool rides separately. <laughs> now, I should tell you this. I'm fine with that because it means I make two fares. They don't realize that they can do a pool ride with two people. Although, they did choose express pool, so maybe that isn't allowed anymore with express pool. If, if it's just pool, you can do two, but not express pool. Here, let me explain what express pool is. We now have all these different levels of Uber. There's Uber Black, which is the fanciest of the fancy. That's a big SUV. That's if you've got six bags of luggage. That's if you and your friends are going to party all night for a bachelorette party. That's what you want to be in, in a fancy-ass fucking Denali. That's how you do it. Then, we've got Uber X. Hi, that's me. That's just me showing up in a Camry hybrid and taking you to your destination and not giving you water or candy or gum because I'm not a fucking convenience store, but I'll be giving you conversation and a nice ride because I'm a decent fella. Then there's Uber Pool. That means you and a friend can get into the car and you can join other riders along the way. Now, that's also in my Camry hybrid and it's fantastic. We'll have a conversation. We'll all get along together and one person can be brave enough to be the DJ and play music for the whole car. Whatever you want to do, folks. Again, like I said, we're all in this together. We're all friends. And if you're paying, I just want to get you home. But now Uber has added Express Pool. Express Pool is a fucking bus. Because what it is, is someone saves the basically 80 cents on the normal fare. And instead of me picking you up at your house, you have to run to the corner to meet me in a minute. And if you don't show up, you're charged a fee. Now, I don't think they explain this well enough to people for Express Pool and Pool. Because everybody who picks Express Pool, I pull up on the corner and they're not there. And then I call them and they go, where are you? I go, I'm here. And they go, well, the phone says you're on the corner. I go, that's where you're supposed to meet me. No, I'm at this address. I go, it doesn't matter. Express pool. It says right there, meet at the corner of blah, blah, blah. And they look at their phone and I go, and you have 30 seconds. They go, oh shit. And then they run and they wind up sprinting and sweating. And then they get in the car and guess what they do? They bitch at me because obviously I invented express pool to try to steal more money from people. And I go, look, man, I don't have any say over the robot. I go, because also with Express Pool, um, I don't drop you off at your house. I drop you off on the corner, maybe a block and a half from your house, and you have to walk. So when I pull up and I go to the corner, they'll go, what are you doing? And I go, well, this is where you get dropped off. And they go, no, my address is down the street. I go, again, it's Express Pool. We pick you up on the corner. We drop you off on the corner. That's the way it works. The bus doesn't go right to your house. Neither does Express Pool. Well, I can't believe this. This doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, you saved $1.60. Get out of my fucking car. I'm sorry, Mr. Rockefeller, that I can't drive you up and wash your dick for you, sir. I'm sorry, Arthur, that I didn't get to peel back your foreskin and take a couple of quarters for a tip, you fuck. Get in your house. Get out of my fucking car. <laughs> sure enough, everybody does it. Everybody orders pool because it's only been an act, it's active for like two weeks, I think, in, in L.A., and nobody gets it. So, I mean, especially drunks. You'll pull up and they're not on the fucking corner. And they're like, I'm at the bar. And I'm like, you got to walk up to the fucking corner. No, you come here. No, I won't. I'll cancel you and I'll leave. I don't, I and I've canceled. I must've canceled 11 express pools because I'll even call them. They don't answer the phone. And uh, I, I feel guilty about it. Cause I will, I look out of the 11, this happened one time. And I just, I had to, I'm waiting there. And I usually even wait like five extra seconds. You know what I mean? Cause it'll say cancel. You will get a fee. It says it right on the app, but I was going to pick up another person. So I couldn't, you know, I usually can't wait, but I had nobody else scheduled. So I waited like five seconds and then I waited 10 seconds. And then I was like, I, I can't, I mean, I called them. They didn't pick up. So I'm leaving. So I just drove away. And as I drove away, you just see, <laughs> you see them sprinting and just kind of stop. And then they start yelling in the middle of the street. And I'm like, motherfucker, this is not my, again, if you decide to save 17 cents, you need to make the effort to learn what the fuck you're buying for fuck's sake. It's like buying a piranha and then throwing them in the pool and then going swimming. 
And then he bites your leg off, and you're like, what the fuck, man? And you're like, dude, you're supposed to meet the piranha at the corner. What the fuck? <laughs> so thankfully, these people, they both chose Express Pool. So I don't know if, again, you can't pick two or whatever, but they're together. So I've now, I've now got a car. I've got, I've got Evelyn in the front seat with her gigantic backpack. And I even say to her, I go, hey, Evelyn, you want to put that in the trunk? No, sir. No, no, Evelyn, it would it'd probably be best if you put that in the trunk. No, he's fine. Um, now, you may have indicated by my, my, my voices of Mario, Nacho, and Evelyn, uh, they're not from around here, okay? They are, they're lovely, and they're nice people, but uh, it's Los Angeles, so you get a lot of people of Hispanic descent. You get a lot of people who, uh, who you know, and again, they may have been born here, but they, they have really heavy accents. They're, they're Hispanic people. They're brown people, okay? So I got a car full of brown people. And I'm like, all right, let's pull this motherfucker and let's get you guys out of here. So first stop, I got to take Mario. And uh, again, I don't know where anybody's going until I sign them in and I look. And I never look ahead on pool. Like, I don't look at the ride. So I only know the first place I got to drop a guy off. And I got to drop Mario off in Koreatown. (laughs) Koreatown is about eight miles from where I'm at now. Not now. No, I'm at Zach's house. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not from right here. We are not eight miles from Koreatown here at Zach's house. I don't know if Korea, if Arizona has a Koreatown. If they do, I'm sure it's surrounded by 55-year-old promise keepers, armed and dangerous, who are waiting to get the Koreans out of their fucking town. Uh, I'm sure Sheriff Arpaio wrecked the, the fucking Koreatown here with bulldozers and made them wear pink fucking gondola hats. But still, uh, I have to go from... Uh, basically West Hollywood to Koreatown. So I'm driving and uh, everybody's lovely. And I give them the speech. I'm like, look, if you guys want certain music, if you want something different and then, oh no, he's okay. He's fine. Thank you very much, Mr. Mike. And I'm like, all right, good. They're all polite. They're all nice. And they all know my name. So, uh, so sure enough, uh, I, I start driving. I go here, I zip, I zag. And I get to an intersection called Olympic and La Brea. Now, I like Olympic and La Brea very well because there is a very famous taco truck that puts itself up there like four nights a week. It was off last night, but it's always there on Olympic and La Brea. There's this, uh, this taco truck. On the other side, there's a top round roast beef, which is, it's a fucking, I, I can't say it any better. It's a roast beef sandwich shop and it's fucking badass. They'll give you a beef on weck, which is a famous beef sandwich from Buffalo. Uh, but I always get that. I'll, like, I'll make them hold the horseradish and throw caramelized onions on it. So it's like a, a, a bun that has like caraway and salt on the top. And then a soft, like a, with extra roast beef. And then you get a fucking caramelized onion. It's fucking delicious. Plus just a little up from the corner of Olympic and La Brea, there's a Trejo's Tacos, which is our friend Danny Trejo, who you may know from uh, Machete. Ooh, Machete. Uh, well, not only is he busy cutting people's entrails out and sliding down from floor eight to floor seven in a hospital, he's also cooking delicious carnitas. So good for him. Uh, so Treo's Tacos is there. Olympic uh, and La Brea also has, like I said, the, round, uh, the top round roast beef and then this fucking taco truck that's there all the time. So I'm going east on Olympic crossing over La Brea. Now I pull up and I'm in the left lane and in, uh, next to me, there's the turn lane. And in the turn lane, there's a car waiting to turn left. So uh, we're waiting, we're sitting, we're, and I'm, I will tell you this, I'm also, um, unfortunately, because these people are Hispanic and they had no music preference, they're being forced to listen to Philip Marlowe starring Gerald Moore, which is a detective show from 1945. Now, 
I can't imagine the three of them sitting there listening to me as I listen to a broadcast of Los Federales from the world, the Second World War. But they were very nice and gracious. And I did ask them, would you like any music? Would you like me to go get a uh, mariachi band to play at some point? Uh, they were very nice about it. And so they're listening to Philip Marlowe. So I pull up to the light. It's a stoplight. I'm waiting. There's nobody in the right-hand lane. There's me in the left-hand lane. And then there's the car next to me in the turn lane. So then the light turns green. I start to head east on La Brea. And uh, as I'm, I'm heading east, the car in the left turn lane goes straight. God. As if it were drag racing me in some capacity. <laughs> so I'm thinking, well, maybe they're just pulling out exceptionally quickly to make a left-hand turn. And, you know, because you'll do that. Look, here's the thing. It's my pet peeve. I've learned 75% of the drivers in California do not creep out into the intersection at a left-hand only light. At a left turn light, they will not creep into the intersection. And so then they'll sit there at the light. And then when it turns yellow, they'll go and they cause everybody else to fucking wait. And you want to murder them. You want to fucking kill them. I don't know if it's not taught in the driver's ed there. I don't know if it's just drivers from other countries who don't bring that habit with them. But you creep out into the fucking traffic. And then when it turns, you can turn. It's just fucking, that's the way it works. Well, nobody fucking does it out there. Easily 70% of the drivers. Did I just, did I say 75 and just lower it to 70? I may have. Easily 5% of the drivers do this. So... So I figure maybe she's creeping up, but exceptionally quickly because she's keeping pace, you know, and I, I have a pretty heavy foot off the fucking, uh, the jump. So I pull forward, she pulls forward, she's right alongside me. And if she, she's driving in oncoming traffic. Okay. She's, unless she, unless she turns left, she drives in oncoming traffic. So, uh, I continue to drive. And then as I drive, uh, I see her lights in my rearview mirror and then she just swerves to the right and rams me in the fucking quarter panel. Rams my car. Not an accident, dude. Here's my speculation. The driver realized they were in the turn lane and thought they were going to be able to get over and then thought that I was cutting them off and wouldn't let them over. And they got mad. They used their car as a weapon. There was no doubt what they did because they were neck and neck with me. And then they let me pass them a little bit. And before they hit oncoming traffic, they, they, they drove as hard as they could. And they rammed my quarter pound. They hit me. I got hit. Now I've been in accidents before and I've told you about them. Yeah. Uh, I, I was in an Uber accident. I was driving once I wasn't Ubering and the guy turned in front of me, totaled my car. I was in the accident at the airport with the fucking, with the motherfucker who sued me again, not my fault. Uh, I was with the guy who pulled away from the fucking curb and tore the goddamn rear bumper off of my car. Again, not my fucking fault. Yeah. Well, this time all those accidents, I was alone in my car. This time, I got a car full of enchilada eaters. I mean, what the fuck, man? I got Mario, Nacho, and Evelyn in the car, and we get rammed. And I got the Uber app activated. I got three express poolers in the car. And, uh, and I, 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 I immediately just go, oh, man. Because I don't, I don't know what that's going to entail. I've always said out loud, I don't want to get in an accident while Ubering. I can't imagine the Byzantine red tape that's going to be involved. Now, if you remember, I tried to report the damage the Russian chick did to my car. And uh, Uber wants a $1,000 deductible to fix your car. No matter what. They just, it's literally a $1,000 deductible. And then if they can get anything from the other person's insurance company, they will. So this person rams me. So I fucking, I pull over. And they pull over in front of me and I look and I go, is everybody okay? 
and uh, and they're all they're all they're very nice. And they go, yes, we are okay. And and uh, of course Mario, he he has better English than Nacho and Evelyn. And he says in Spanish to them, he says, are you okay? Are you okay? And they're like, si, si. And he goes, we are okay, Mister Mike. And I says, all right, I uh, give me a second. I got I don't know what to do here. I gotta talk. I gotta talk to these people. So I immediately I've been through it a million fucking times. I know what to do. So I grab my fucking phone and I get out. And uh, the girl gets out of the car. She's probably 23. Her friend gets out of the car. And I immediately take a picture of the damage to my car. I look in the back. There's a big dent in my door and paint everywhere. Black and white. Like they just, they rubbed me. Like if you're rubbing and racing, but also there's a big dent from them fucking turning directly into my car. So I fucking take photos of it. And uh, I look at her and I go, hey. And she goes, what were you trying to do? <laughs> and look, I've been in enough of these where I'm not going to fucking debate. You know, I, I've, I know what exactly what I, I know the procedure. I know what the fuck to do. I also know that in California, the cops don't give a flying fuck about your accident. They don't want you to call them. They don't want to hear anything about it unless you smashed a mailbox. You know what I mean? Then they want to hear about it. So I looked at her and I go, what are you talking about? And I take a photo of her car. I get a photo of her license plate. I get a photo of her car. And her friend comes around and goes, I'm, we're really sorry. Her friend was embarrassed. But she goes, what were you trying to do? I said, don't, don't. Seriously, don't try to hang this on me. You're in a turn lane. I'm driving normally. You rammed me. You did it on purpose because you wanted to get over and you didn't like that I fucking passed you. So don't. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, I was trying to get over and I was just trying to merge normally. And I go, you're not trying to merge normally from a turn lane. You can't merge normally from a turn lane at a traffic light. You wait till I pass and I'm clear and then you get over. That's how it works. Well, I mean, it doesn't look like there's that much damage to the car. I go, I don't care how much damage there is to the car. I go, I got a car full of witnesses who saw you ram me. I need your license and I need your registration and your insurance information. Well, I don't have any. Excuse me? I don't have any that I got to show you. Yes, you do. This is exactly how it works. You hit me. I will show you my, and she goes, well, let me see yours. And I go, I'm going to, you got to get yours. Well, I, I'm telling you right now that I don't have it. I'll give you my phone number and you can call me later if you want. And I go, no, 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 no. I need to see your driver's license. I need to see your fucking insurance because you just hit me. And then we'll call the cops. We'll fucking make a report. I got to call my insurance company. She goes, well, I don't have it. I'm getting out of here. I go, what do you mean you're getting out of here? She goes, well, no, no, I'm not. I'm just giving you my phone number and you can call me. I go, I'm not, I don't want your phone number. Okay. I want your insurance information and I need your license. I'm taking photo. And I took photos of her. I took photos of her damage. And the whole time I'm taking photos, I'm just, I'm letting her vent, but I'm also taking photos that I need for the fucking insurance company. And her friend just goes, I'm, I'm really sorry about this. And I go, great. I go, I need your insurance. She goes, I'm leaving. I go, you're not leaving. I go, you're absolutely not leaving. And she goes, no, I'm leaving. She goes, get in the car to her friend. And I go, you're not going anywhere, man. And I go over and I grab the passenger side door. I go, I'm calling 911. I go, if you think you're getting out of here, you're not, I'm calling the cops. She goes, why? Well, you can do whatever you want, but I'm leaving right now. She goes, get in the car, get in the car, Shirley, get in the car. And Shirley goes, I'll give you my phone number. I go, Shirley, you're not driving. It doesn't matter. I need license. I need insurance. I need all of this. I've got the photos. I've even got photos of her. I go, you're not, you're not taking off. I'm calling the cops. I'll call 911. She starts to pull away. I'm holding the door and I won't let Shirley in the car. She fucking starts to pull away. And I go, I go, look, if she runs me over, this is going to be a bad scene. And she's, and she starts knocking on the window. She goes, will you stop? Will you stop? She goes, I'm getting out of here. There's no way. He's not going to take my address. He's going to come to my house. And I go, I need, you hit me. 
It's procedure. Give me your license. Give me your insurance. And I fucking yank open the door and I go, give me your fucking license. I go, there's no, and then her friend Shirley dives in the car. And I go, you guys aren't, I go, and 911 answers. I go, I go, hi, I have a hit and run. I go, someone looks like they're leaving me right now. And then they go, well, you need to relax, sir. I go, I don't need to relax. They're literally in the car right now. They're driving and they fucking fly, they floor it. They drive away. They drive away. I'm standing there on the phone and I'm talking to the 911 operator. And she just goes, are you okay, sir? I go, I just got hit by a car at Olympic in La Brea. And she goes, well, where are they going? And I said, they're, they're on Olympic. I can know they're heading uh, uh, south. And she goes, sir. Olympic runs east and west. And and she gives me fucking attitude. I'm dude, I'm standing in the fucking middle of the street holding a phone and uh, all of a sudden I turn around and I look and again Mario Nacho and Evelyn are just staring at me through the goddamn windshield. They see the whole fucking thing take place. So I I tell the 911 operator she gives she goes what did they do? Did they hurt you? Were they drinking? Describe them. Gets the and I go, "Look, I have photos of her. I have photos of this. I got photo and and she's just like, "All right, well, um I've done all I can do on my end. And, and if you want to file a report, I'll send an officer. I said, she hit my car. There's damage to my car. I have her license plate. She, she fled the, the scene. That's a crime, right? She goes, well, did they damage any state property like a light pole or a mailbox? I said, uh, no, they only hit my car. She goes, well, if you want to stay and make a police report, that's fine. Otherwise, this is a matter for your insurance company. I said, they hit and ran. I have their license plate. I have their information, the car. She goes, well, if you want to wait for a police officer to file a report, you can. I said, I'm an Uber driver. I've got a car full of people that need to go home. She goes, well, if you leave, then you won't be filing a report. So I said, all right, send the cop. She goes, are you sure about this? I go, yeah. So I walk over, I get in the car. Is everything all right, Mr. Mike? No, no, I'm sorry, Mario. Not everything is all right. Are you okay? Yeah, I cannot believe they left. I go, yeah, I, I can't believe they left either. Uh, I called the police. Oh. And then Evelyn goes, Policia? I said, yes, I've called the police. Uh, they're on the way. So I'm going to give you guys a choice. Like, I can just end the ride right now, and you guys can call other Ubers. And God bless Mario. He goes, well, don't you want us to tell the police what happened? And I went, yes, I would actually love that. I go, also, I kind of need to get your names and your phone numbers just in case anything happens. And, uh, and, and look, the, these, are, these are simple people. They're, they don't speak a lot of English. The last thing you want to do is give big gringo their phone number. You know what I mean? I just, and I know it's a stretch for them. And, uh, and, and so again, thankfully, Mario speaks in Spanish to Nacho and Evelyn. And he's like, hey, you know, and they... It, Evelyn, God bless her heart, gives me her phone number in Spanish. Ocho siete, ocho. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I saw a lot of Sesame Street as a kid, but you got to slow down. You got to relax here. Uh, give me a second, please. And, and so then they, they translated for me. And they said, no, we will stay with you, Mr. Mike, and talk to Policia. And I go, you don't have to do that. I go, honestly, I, I go, I'll end the ride now because you guys sat through all this garbage. I go, but if you want to go home, I go, you've been working all night. I know you, all three of you have been working. I picked you up from your jobs. If you want to go home, they go, well, but we would have to, uh, we would have to uh, call other Uber. And I said, yeah. And they go, well, we don't want to pay. And I go, no, no, I will write Uber and make sure they don't charge you for this ride. Even though I'd already gone five miles. I mean, and also I told you, I was trying to stack rides. This is three rides I would have lost from six to nine. I mean, I, I just, I, and, and, but I don't care. I don't give a fuck. At this point, you know what I want to do? I want them out of my car and I just want to fucking cry. I just want to go lay down under a blanket and go, I can't fucking believe this happened again, again.
but they offer to stay. And I go, look, I don't know how long it's going to be because we didn't, there's no big wreck. So the cops, and then she just goes, well, we, we will wait, Mr. Mike. I said, all right, fine. So I end the ride. So now it's just me and them in the car with the flashers on, on the side of fucking Olympic Boulevard. And I'm waiting for the cops. And then it dawns on me that, you know what? It's just me, a big white idiot. And I got, I got three brown people in the car there's a good chance they're just going to think I'm a coyote at some point, right? Aren't they going to think that I'm somehow smuggling these people over the border or doing something to protect them? I don't know. I mean, because now I just pictured them all pulling up, seeing me in a car full of brown people, and then just looking for heroin in the wheel wells and then going through the trunk and fucking putting my hands over my head. I mean, I'm just fucking finished at this point. Uh, I, 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 and I went, oh, fuck, do I cancel this? Do I just fucking cancel the report? But then I look at the damage in my car and I go, I can't fucking cancel. I can't. Just on fucking general principle. Because you know what I wanted to do, as you all know, if I didn't have three people in the car, I'd still chasing that fucking chick. I mean, honestly, I don't even fucking think twice. I run her the fuck down. But because I got fucking Nacho, Mario, and Evelyn in the car... I got to wait it out. 25 minutes goes by. Oh, no. Cop pulls up behind me. Thankfully, he's got a Z in his last name. So he, and he's very gracious to me. And I, I, again, I tell him what's up. He takes my license, my insurance, my registration. And, uh, and then he says, I'm going to interview these people. I go, well, I have their phone numbers. He goes, well, give me their phone numbers, but I'm going to talk to them now. So he speaks to them in Spanish. He speaks to all three of them. And they tell him what happened. Oh, and then uh, I should, uh, I didn't even tell you this. When I got back in the car, Mario goes, here. And I go, what? He goes, here, I will send you my phone number. And I go, well, you want to text me? He goes, give me your number. So he texts me his, in, his contact information. But also he took a video. He took a video of me standing by the Jeep and then her driving off and then me standing out there on the phone. He didn't get the whole confrontation. But he got like the last fucking 20 seconds of it. Wow. No sound, unfortunately, because he would have heard, heard me going, no, you can't. 911, you can't. Uh, but then this guy, he goes back to the car. He goes to fill out the report. And he comes back to the fucking car. I roll the window down. And he's like, all right. He goes, you guys can go. I go, so what's going to happen? He goes, well, he goes, probably what's going to happen is you can have your insurance company call me and I'll get the police report to them. They'll get the number and they can go ahead and do whatever they got to do. And he goes, I'll, I'll be honest, it's probably going to take probably two or three months. You'll hear from the detectives in this case and uh, they'll tell you if they were able to locate anybody or if they made any progress. I go, you have the make of the car and the license plate. He goes, yeah, but you know, there's no real damage here to anybody. He goes, and most people just want to get their car fixed. So, you know, they'll, they'll take a look and they'll try to investigate and if they can locate them, they'll They'll go ahead and find out and call you. And I'm sure you're not going to want to throw her in jail. You just want to get your car fixed. They go, no, I would like her to go to jail. <laughs> he goes, excuse me. I go, dude, I want you to throw her and her car in jail and throw away all the keys. <laughs> and I thought he'd laugh. Nah, he didn't laugh so much. Officer Z last name didn't fucking think that was a crack up. And he just goes, oh, uh, well, you know, we can't, uh, we can't just arrest her. And I go, she did hit and run. She hit and ran. I said, I'm sending you a video of the fucking thing. And he just goes, I need you to calm down, sir. I go, I, I get it. I get it. He goes, all right, let me fill out some more stuff and I'll come back. And uh, I turn around and they go, Mr. Mike, you, you, you should probably, we want to make sure you're okay. And I go, I'm okay. I'm okay. But people are fucking awful, aren't they? And they go, oh, yes. No, yeah, I, I agree. And then Mario tells me a 35, 39-minute story about him getting punched in the neck by a black guy on the train. <laughs> and, uh, and I got to tell you this, there is a reason Mario doesn't have a podcast. That's all I'll tell you guys.
Uh, but he starts telling me the story and then I go, I go, great. I go, that's awful. I go, people are terrible there. You know what? America is terrible. Can we agree on that? Can we agree that America is a terrible place? And they're just like, oh yes, Mr. Mike. And I look at Evelyn and I go, do you agree? America is terrible. And she looks in the back and they go, they're like, America is awful. And she goes, oh, see, see, I go, great. I go, can we, let's just, I go, where are you from in Mexico? And she looks at me and I go, where are you from in Mexico? And they ask her and she goes, oh no, El Salvador. I go, oh, you're from El Salvador? I go, let's just fucking drive to El Salvador. Can we do that? I go, let's drive to El Salvador, and somehow if we manage to come across this Kia Soul that hit my fucking car, we will run them off the road, and we will not stop punching them until the skin is all off their heads, and their skeletons grin at us in the fucking moonlight. And there's like a beat, and they're just like, okay, Mr. Mike, you should probably calm down. And I go, I'm, I'm fine. I go, but this is just Fucked! And they're like, all right, you should, no, you should you should calm down, please. And I go, I'm fine, I'm fine. Uh, so the cop comes back over and he pokes his head in. And he's like, all right, man. He goes, I, I got the report filled out. He goes, like I said, here, he goes, I actually have the report number for you. You can give to your insurance company so you don't have to wait two weeks for that. He goes, but uh, you're going to have to wait to hear from the detectives. And I go, let me just ask you straight talk here. I'm just boned, right? And he goes, probably. He goes, uh, the detectives will look. And if they can find her in their jurisdiction, uh, they will report to you. He goes, but like I said, you're just probably going to want to get your car fixed. So then you'll have to hope she has insurance and that they can take care of it. In the meantime, though, have your, have your insurance fix your car. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I don't want to pay $650 to carpet my fucking apartment. Now I want to pay a $500 my deductible or $1,000 their deductible to get the fucking dent taken out of my goddamn door and scrub off some fucking paint. Why is my entire life shelling out multiple hundreds of dollars to fix everybody else's fucking mistakes? Uh, so I go, all right, so I'm boned. And he goes, yeah. He goes, honestly, we'll get a hold of you. And I go, that is just fucked. You get that, right? And he goes, well, you got to calm down. And he goes, uh, are the, what is, what's going on with these people? And I go, I don't, I go, I told them that they could get another Uber if they wanted, but they wanted to stay and they were gracious enough to give their stories. And he goes, okay, so what now? I go, I don't know. I go, uh, I would just take them home if they'll let me. And he goes, and he says in Spanish to them, like, do you want to go home? Da, da, da. And they're just like, oh, see, see, see. I go, yeah, I won't even charge them. I go, the, the fact that they even came and gave their, their stories. I mean, it's, that's fine with me. I, I, I'll take them home on my dime. He goes, all right, that's great. He goes, just uh, be careful. And I hope you have a better night. And he splits. So I just fucking exhale. And I go, I go, all right. We need to figure out who's going home first and you have to give me your addresses because the app doesn't have them anymore and I have to know where you're going. And they start talking in Spanish among themselves. And I go, well, you guys deciding like who goes where? When? And Mario goes, one, one, one second, Mr. Mike. And they start speaking more Spanish. And uh, I'm just sitting there. And, and then Mario goes, all right, is it, we, we would, it would be very nice to go, to go home and thank you and we want to help. You know, we give our phone number. But... Um, we, we all want to make sure you are calm. I go, excuse me? He goes, we want to make sure you are, you are okay. You don't, you don't want to chase that girl and you, you, just, you just take us home. We don't want you to, be, to drive mad. And I said, Mario, I always drive mad. And he goes, pardon me? I go, nothing, I'm teasing. I go, dude, I'm not a maniac. I'm fine. I go, but somebody just rammed me with their car and got away with it. I'm a little upset. But I'll get you home. He says, okay, well, here, here is the addresses. Give me their addresses. <laughs> Dudes. <laughs> Fucking. 
I knew Mario is because he was the first guy to get dropped off in Koreatown. Turns out the second guy lives in downtown Los Angeles. And uh, that just leaves me and Evelyn in the car. And Evelyn and I have to go 13 miles south to Compton. And I mean, on my dime, on my fucking dime. So not, so not only did my car get rammed, not only did I have three people from other lands hoping that I was going to be calm enough to get them to their houses, but they also weren't courteous enough to live close enough to one another to get me to not blow $25 in a fare to take them. What the fuck, dude? What the fuck? So I tell you this story now from the comfort of the D apartment in Mojave Hills, Arizona. And I tell you that when I consider all of the options on the table, after last night, God damn, I wish I would have got sucked out of the fucking Southwest window. (laughs) But with my fucking luck, I would have landed on the 101 freeway and got run over by a Kia Soul. You guys can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You guys can be my friend on Facebook at Facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy. Uh, you guys can... Uh, oh, I'm also on Snapchat and Instagram. Have I mentioned those in the past few weeks? I'm on Instagram and Snapchat, Snapchat and Instagram, Mike40YOB. Find me there. I'm awesome. Mike40YOB. Uh, and send me photos and, 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 st- and send me legal advice. Send me something. Do something for me, motherfuckers. I need it. <laughs> uh, also, please remember that we've got uh, all of our other great people who are associated with this fantastic show. Uh, Ryan Dirks is the web guy for this show. You can find him at facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks. Be his pal. Be his friend. Uh, Tell him he's the best and tell him he's got a lot of work coming his way in the next few months. Also, super fan Geo. Not super fan of me, but super fan of others who I texted a photo of my smashed car last night in the middle of the night. And he just wrote no with like nine exclamation points. I'm like, yep. Uh, he exists and you can find him at facebook.com slash Giovanni Giorgio Peluso. Go ahead and find him there and be his best pal. Uh, also remember he's got great podcasts out there that are lurking and looming. Uh, fantastic shows like get it on the GOV, uh, Giovanni podcast. He's also got his uh, outdoors FAQ podcast. And then of course, like I said, he does all of the Adam Carolla love line stuff. Uh, and he told me amazing stories about Adam Carolla and about how like, here's the shit that I, Oh fuck that. I remember, I now remember the thing. There was the thing I talked to Zach about before the show started. I go, you know what? I'll probably talk about that during the show. I'll talk about it on the other side. You know, I'm going to actually jot it down like a grown up this time. So I can actually remember what it was. Uh, I'll tell you on the other side with some stuff that I talked about with Gio and goddamn, if that isn't enough to get you to stick around, I don't know what is, what a tease. Here's some stuff I talked to Gio about once. Duh. Uh, so go find Gio and his podcast. He's the fucking best. He did the YouTube channel. I'll tell you more about that on the other side as well. And uh, please remember David Hernandez does all of the artwork and all of the music for this show. He is the best. Find him at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. He is there. He is waiting for your friendship. So then he can put up a meme about Jesus and offend you and your family. So please go ahead and be his friend at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. But if you'd like to contact him and get him to do some artwork for you, and why wouldn't you? The guy's a fucking genius. Uh, and also I screwed up last week. I should tell you this. He did that painting 
And we had con- contrived like a backstory where he did that painting when he was under the influence of heavy medication from having his shoulder procedure. And that was what I had to use. But instead I said, oh yeah, I did the show late and I asked him about it on Tuesday because I fucked it up and I didn't remember the goddamn story because I'm a dummy. Uh, so please remember that we had a great construct to explain that artwork last week and then I chili dipped the fucking thing and forgot it. Uh, but if you want him to do your own cool ass artwork, go to artbydmh.com. That's A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H.com. Contact him there. He will do all sorts of cool work for you. Look, he's got Valscapes. He's got Guy Cons for sale. He's got other paintings that he's done that you can browse and peruse and pick up for your wall. Look, if your wall is right now adorned in amazing Spider-Man and Mysterio comic book covers, maybe you buy some stuff from David. If it's got Captain America and the Black Panther's big premiere issue, maybe you get some stuff from David. If you've got, for some reason, clown Emmett Kelly fucking hobo Emmett Kelly on a cloud on your wall, which I just noticed and I can't believe I just noticed that here, Zach. What the fuck? Uh, you definitely, you know what? You definitely need artwork from Art by DMH to replace at least one of those three things I just described. And you too. If you've got a hobo fucking your clown on your wall, look, I'm not going to fucking question your taste. However, when family comes over, why not instead put up a picture of Bigfoot pissing in Ann-Margaret's mouth or whatever the fuck David posted this week? Please go to artbydmh.com and get some artwork done for you, custom style. That's artbydmh.com, A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H.com. Man, auditions make me so nervous. Oh, man, I climb into my own head all the time. What are you here for? Shipper gate. I'm here for Shipper Gate, too. No way. That's yeah, great. Yeah, Who are you yeah. reading for? I'm reading for Corn Bits. Oh, Corn Bits. I saw that in there. It's not a bad part. Yeah, what about you? Uh, I'm here for Constable Bob Shart. Oh, see, I wanted to be Constable Bob Shart. It's a good piece. Yeah, it's it a good piece. But I'll tell you what, I really, I really want a shot at Lieutenant Diarrhea Davis. You know you got the build for it? Right? Thank yeah. you. I thought so, too. Yeah, and that yeah. moment on Shit Mountain when he blows the shit conk? Yes. That's a game changer. That's your hero moment right there. I want a shot at that. Can, can you play the shit conk? I brought my own shit conk. You did? I was third chair shit conk in high school. Can I get all my corn bits? Everybody corn Ooh, bits? That, that's me, man. Oh, fantastic. Wish me luck. All right, break a shit. Hey, remember that thing with my accountant? Mm, what? What thing? Uh, uh, last year, I had a thing where we moved some numbers around. I got some extra cash back. Mm-hmm. And uh, he told me it was fine. He told me nothing would ever come of it. And there wasn't going to be a problem. Dude, okay. today in the mail, I got a purple envelope. Uh, why? Yeah, purple envelope. I open it up, there's a, a note in there, and it just says, the IRS is aware of your tax shenanigans. <laughs> what? Stamped at the bottom is a symbol. Okay. Dude, Prince reported me to the IRS for tax violations. Prince never meant to cause you any sorrow. Yes, he did. Prince is a dick. want to remind you folks about, uh, well, I'm still in Arizona. I guess it's the only thing I have to remind you of because uh, there's nothing else. I don't know why that's stuck in my head, but it is. This is, fo- this is totally fucking true. The other night I had a dream where I actually used the phrase, want to remind you folks. And even in the dream, dream me was like, what the fuck? Why are you saying that? You don't want to remind anybody of anything, dummy. Uh, I got to stop calling myself a dummy. See, I do that in my house. I'll be like, oh, you're the stupidest man in the world. And then I'm like, no, you didn't. You just made a mistake. Uh, self-care is, is really bad when you're doing it to yourself by alone in your goddamn house. It's so fucking dumb, man. Um, but I got to do some self-care because I'll tell you what, sitting on these kitchen chairs has left my hamstrings and groin muscles uh, uh, throbbing. I, d- I don't know how to explain it. I don't know what's going on. It's because um, my feet aren't on the floor. 
So I'm, I'm, I'm like fucking Lily Tomlin in that big ass rocking chair and laughing or like Mason Reese in a fucking commercial for lunch meat. I don't even know. I couldn't see his feet in that commercial. Thank God too, by the way, Mason Reese's face was bad enough. What if they showed his disgusting freckled feet? Oh wait, maybe they did show his feet now that I think about it. Oh, gross. I don't want, why am I thinking about Mason Reese's feet? That's fuck. What am I? Africa Bambata? <laughs> that's see, that's the kind of thing he likes for fuck's sake. Uh, that's it. See Africa, Africa Bambata likes naked noodles. African Schmidt He likes Mason Reese's feet. No, he doesn't. It's disgusting. Ugh. Um, I want to, I literally, God, I want to gag and vomit just even thinking about it. Cause Mason Reese is just a fucking disgusting dude. He's like, if it literally, it's like if fucking, uh, Tinkerbell just gave olive loaf a life. Like literally she came along and she tapped olive loaf with a wand. It becomes Mason fucking Reese or my friend, Scott Palmer kind of looks like that. Although Mason Reese is lunch, less attractive. I shouldn't use Scott's full name on the show. <laughs> I just said he looks like olive loaf come to life. Probably not a nice thing. I already broke his wrist in second grade. Uh, not even though it was in uh, third grade. No, what did I skip? Uh, yeah, I skipped first and second grade. So it was third grade. Oh, no, it was fourth grade. Might have been fourth grade. I broke his fucking wrist. It was last week. I did. I went to his house. I said, fuck you, living olive loaf. And I snapped his wrist. And now his band, the Tenellis, is on the disabled list of bands because I went ahead and snapped his fucking wrist. Take that, palmeter. And I said your last name again because I'm smart. All right, so. Let's stop talking about Mason Reese's feet. I know you want to, but we're going to stop. And don't Google Mason Reese because you're going to see his face. You're going to go, I, you may gag like I did. You're just like, thinking about his feet. Oh, gross. And thinking about him, just thinking about, right here, think of Mason Reese biting his toenails. Oh my God, I just made a horrible image for you. That's a cursed image. That's not good. Uh, even Charlemagne the God would not, he, he would not bless that image. He would say, ah, oh, horrible. Perhaps he wouldn't. Uh, all right, so here's the thing, folks. I want to remind you folks. No, I don't at all. Uh, so yeah, we have sponsors for this show. We have a sponsor for this show. As a matter of fact, uh, it is the lovely podcast called the paranoid strain folks hosted by our good friend, fearful Jesuit. Uh, last time I was on the road doing a show, it was at his house and he was gracious enough to have me at the compound. Uh, just like our friend Zach has had me here. Um, but fearful Jesuit has the show, which, uh, you know, if you go and check it out now, it's about false flags. It's episode seven. It's available now. You can check it out. And, uh, my voice is in that show right in the beginning. Uh, and you'll hear me yelling and shouting, but then, and then you get through that dumb part because nobody cares about that. And then you get into the actual show part, which is great. And he winds up doing a story about, uh, you know, false flags. And, uh, he talks about Stalin and Finland. He talks about, uh, being stiffed by a wiener. No, he doesn't really. But I mean, I, I like to say that because he did, uh, of course, project artichoke is involved. He's got, uh, he talks about the official magazine of ISIS, which I decided to look up and I subscribe to now folks. And I'll tell you, this is the worst part in this country. Some one of you idiots signed me up to the Advocate or Out magazine. Oh, I talked about that, I think, a couple of weeks ago. And it comes in Mylar. <laughs> the official magazine of ISIS? Right out there, man. Nobody fucking puts a cover on it at all. My neighbors know I get it. They ask me questions about bombs. It's exciting. So uh, I have the hiccups now. I have to stop for some reason. Why did I get the hiccups? That's terrible. I haven't had hiccups since I was 11. Uh, that seems wrong. I get them all the time. Uh, that also seems wrong. It's somewhere between those two. Let's go ahead and discuss this. Uh, <clears throat> hiccups when I was 11, hiccups all the time. Somewhere in there lies the truth, folks. That is the parentheses of that statement. It's like somewhere over here, somewhere over there. Uh, all right, but here, Fearful Jesuit, he's got his, also got a YouTube channel. You want to check that out. And if you want to go ahead and subscribe, because it'll allow him to get a custom URL, which apparently means something to him. God knows a guy who uses a fake name on the internet needs a custom URL. That's exactly what he needs. Uh, so go ahead and check out the Paranoid Strain YouTube channel. He wants you to do that. And I do too. And of course, check out the podcast because it's fucking amazing. It is disciplined. It is well-written. It is crafted. It is put together. It is edited. It is all of the things that this show is not and more. So check out the paranoid strain from fearful Jesuit at, uh, well, I, I don't want to say at fearful Jesuit.com. I think it's just on iTunes, go to iTunes, Stitcher, all of the places where you can find your finer podcasts. You will find the paranoid strain. Uh, 
and you can subscribe and uh, go to the YouTube channel. It's there as well. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was going to plug your poll. I was going to, well, that sounds gross, but I mean, I, I was going <laughs> to, Zach was like, Hey man, what if I put possible names for the show up on the Joker's page and let people vote? I'm like, that's a pretty cool ass idea. Uh, but by the time this is playing, we already know what the name of the goddamn show is. And also, by the way, uh, why well, I'll just tell you this in case the winning, the, I should just go with the winner of the poll. Shouldn't I? I don't want to, because I normally like I do, I, I do that thing where everybody can vote, but I'm going to do what I want anyway. <laughs> And I already know what I would choose if I were to choose the poll winner. Uh, but I will leave it up to you, fine folks. Although you, it's, you already, it's already been left to you and it's already done. Look at your fucking iPod right now and you'll see the name that you all voted on, you dicks. Uh, way to go, jerks. Uh, please remember that we've got MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You can go to that website and check it out because there's a bunch of cool ass stuff there. And uh, you go to the Joe Business page. We've got stuff for sale, download sets. We've got some uh, CDs available. Uh, the last shirt has been mailed out. It has been sent off to our friend KC in Wisconsin. And it's a small. So I think he's going to put it on a dog and take a photo. God damn, I'm hoping he puts it on a dog and takes a photo. That would be so great. If anybody wants to put their, their fucking shirt on a dog and take a photo, it would be awesome. I mean, it certainly won't be as cool looking as Harper from the uh, from Bakersfield and uh, her and her little uh, shirt. Uh, that's uh, my friend Seth and Tracy. That's their daughter, Harper. And she is. I'll show you those photos that are on my phone. Folks, did you know that I have like 2,000 photos on my phone that I keep threatening to post and that I never do? <laughs> I literally have photos from my first trip to fucking Kuwait and videos and shit like that. I just, because I can't, because I don't know where to put them. What would I do? Mike Travel Travelogue page? What the fuck? Uh, and then photos with fans. I've got photos with Zach, photos with Michelle, photos with uh, Seth and Harper and, and, and Tracy. I should just put them up on the Joker's page. That should be a, a catch-all for everybody. But as I've mentioned, I don't go to Facebook nearly as much as I should. Or, uh, nobody should, but I mean, nearly as much as I used to. Uh, but it exists, and still, I have these photos. I like taking these photos, so I'll go ahead and put them up. God damn, my hamstrings hurt. This fucking chair. I don't get it. I could have been sitting on a couch this entire time. But I don't like doing a show on a couch. It's too comforting. Uh, I don't care for that. Nobody wants a comforting show. Nobody wants me to be all happy and comfortable. Uh, all right. So the mention of the paranoid strain, we're on my website. While you're there, use the Amazon link, please. The Amazon link exists for you to use and go ahead and, and we get money. They get money. You get stuff. It works out perfectly. And it doesn't cost you anything extra. Go through that front door, that back door and whatever the fuck and get in there and go ahead and buy some cool ass Amazon stuff. Let's give Bezos some cash. Let's give me some cash. You go ahead and check it out there. There's the Amazon link. It's available for you to use now. And I know we all use Amazon every single day for fuck's sake. Click on that Amazon banner in the upper right hand corner and go through and go ahead and do some shopping. We get money they get money, you get stuff. Everybody loves it. So go ahead and grab that and do that business. Hey, have you ever wanted me to call you or your friend and make fun of them or tell them I love them? Again, that's the parentheses of that statement there. I will either call up and make fun of them or I will call up and say I love them. Uh, if you go and use the Cameo app, you can download the Cameo app to your phone or use the Cameo app. I think it's Cameo Shoutouts. If you Google Cameo Shoutouts, you'll find the website. And if you find the website, I think you'll actually see the two shout outs that I did. I did one for Matt and I did one for Rick and, uh, and those are available and lurking. You can go ahead and check those out, but also the, uh, <laughs> the, the phone app, if you want to put that on your phone, because God knows there's not enough real estate in your phone filled up with garbage already, please go ahead and choose the cameo app. And then you can hire me to tell your aunt to fuck off. That's exactly what you need, right? If you're thinking to yourself, God damn it, I really hate my aunt, but I mean, it's going to queer things up with the family if I go in and tell her some shit. So I'll tell you what, I'll sneak in and I'll buy famous internet comedian Mike Schmidt's rant and tell him to tell my aunt to fuck off. And I'm happy to tell your aunt to fuck off. But let me ask you this question, and I'm dead serious. What if I tell your aunt to fuck off? She comes to you. She loves it. She thinks it's great. Then she starts listening to the show. She connects with me. She meets me. I become your uncle. How good is that? Would that be great? We actually, better yet, we devise a plan. We kill your uncle and then I become your uncle. What if I killed your uncle? What if I told your aunt to fuck off and that led to me killing your uncle? <laughs> I like 
this. You know, Cameo, when they built this website, they just thought it was going to be YouTube and internet comedians fucking off. Look what I just did. I committed a murder and got laid by your aunt. I just fucked your aunt. Dude, do you get this? Cameo just made me fuck your aunt and kill your uncle. This is fucking perfect. God damn it, I love this website. I just called it garbage a second ago. Bullshit, it's the best. Download it to your phone. Use as much real estate as you possibly can. And here's my favorite thing of all. Right now, if you're not doing, if you do nothing else tonight or today or whenever you listen to the show, think of Zach's roommate trapped in a room off the hallway listening to me shout about fucking somebody's aunt and killing their uncle. <laughs> That's the most important thing you can do with this show. You because I don't know this dude. Because also he came into the room. I didn't even point this out. He came in, and I said, uh, "Hey, Derek, I'm Mike." And he goes, "Hey," and he left. Like, he didn't come shake my hand. He didn't say hi. He didn't make himself known or make an appearance. And he shouldn't because it's his fucking house. But at the same time, I'm the fucking talent. Come and say hi, goddammit. How do you not pop in? I'm a stranger. You know who the fuck I am. I could have a straight razor in my boot. I could, I could be bad Leroy Brown, apparently. I could be that guy who's got a razor in his shoe. I could have a 32 gun in my pocket full of fun. You don't know anything about me. And I could fucking leave Zach and fucking dead Russian blue cat and a dead Derek. And then I sneak out of here with two fucking Freak Brothers comic books and a goddamn guitar. Nobody will know it was me until the show comes out. And then they'll go, hey, he recorded live there. And his fingerprints are everywhere. Catch him. And I'll try to run, but my hamstrings will be hamstrung by this goddamn chair. I'm going to get fucking busted, man. You know what? I'm never going to be able to fuck your aunt now. Uh, All right. So here's the deal, folks. Go use the Amazon link. Buy cool ass stuff. Use the Cameo app. Hire me to do whatever the fuck you want me to do. And it involves me talking and yelling. Here's another thing too. I recorded those things. Like I said, one for Rick and one for Matt. One of them's like seven minutes long. I don't, I may have, I may have said this on the show already. The other one's like five minutes long for Rick. And, uh, (laughs) but the thing is like everybody else's are like 10 seconds long. 30 seconds long, a minute long. And, uh, and I'm like, maybe I'm doing this too much. Maybe I, you know, I don't know. This is a lot. This is a lot of me for 15 bucks. I don't know if that makes sense. And everybody's gonna go, well, you're charging 20. Well, yeah, but cameo's got to get their cut. God damn it. It's a straight 75, 25 split. Uh, so that's how it works with cameo. They're fantastic. So use the cameo app and let me tell somebody in your family, something you don't want to tell them. Does your cousin have AIDS? Let me ask you this. Does your cousin have AIDS and you don't know how to tell him? You know, this is actually fucked this. It doesn't even need to be a family member. Are you a doctor who hates talking to people and you've got terrible news to deliver? Hire me through Cameo. God knows. <laughs> Look, nothing cushions your lupus diagnosis more than having internet strangers shouted at you over a goddamn cell phone. It's perfect. Hire me to tell somebody they have the mumps. Uh, I'm sorry. You have the mumps, fucko. Uh, <laughs> I demand it. Cameo needs to be, we got to break into the medical field. That is perfect. Fuck doctors and, and they don't want to tell anybody, hire me. Just put me on FaceTime and let me just start shouting at people that they have vertigo. It'll be fucking perfect. I'm sorry to tell you this. You have Myocynthia Gravis. Uh, oh, wait. No, your eyes are just, they always bug out like that? No, no. It's because you have Myocynthia Gravis. Uh, all right. So Cameo site's available. Please remember to go ahead and you, oh, and also Patreon. If I mentioned Patreon, here's a good thing. Let me ask you this. What if you hired from a cameo to tell your aunt to fuck off and then she became a Patreon subscriber and then she paid to fly me to your house to fuck her? See how perfect that works? God damn, your aunt wants me. Your aunt is fucking hot. Look at your aunt. She totally wants to turn in the barrel with Mike Schmidt. Your aunt wants to get fucking worked. Your aunt's just like naked noodles. I'm on board. Uh, so here's your aunt and she's going to sign up for Patreon just like you do. Let's talk about our new people who are on Patreon, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about Ashley Allen stepping up and, and, and donating $25 a month, which is a fucking phenomenal amount. And thank you so much. I think I talked about our friend, Michelle. She stepped up and gave some money and uh, get, you know what? Here's who's back. This is a person who actually left Patreon. They were on Patreon at one point and then they left. 
They decided they didn't like me. They decided they had other important things to do. And this is a person who has helped me out many times in the past with a bunch of cool-ass stuff. Look, I didn't go to the Waldorf if if it wasn't for this guy in New York. I wouldn't have gotten my hotel in Atlanta if it wasn't for this dude. This dude has stepped up many times and helped me out. This is a guy by the name of, and you may have even heard the song. You might have heard the song a second ago. David Watson. (laughs) David Watson. Uh, he's no Mitchell Angel, but he's still David Watson and he's still now a Patreon member and that's good for him. And I appreciate that very much, David. Thank you for stepping up. Thank you to Michelle. Thank you to Ashley. And, uh, you know what? I got one more other person. Hold on. Fuck. I got to look it up because now I'm sitting here yammering and I can't let this other person go by. I can't let it go without me saying this person's name because they were cool and they stepped up. That's our friend, Stephen Keith Warren, ladies and gentlemen. David Watson, Stephen Keith Warren, Ashley Allen, Michelle Jacobs, all these people are new Patreon subscribers, and I love them for it. And uh, you know what, in a small way, I love you for it. Because if it wasn't for you people not picking up the slack, those four may not have thought to themselves, hey, we got to give Mike some cash because these other deadbeats aren't giving a dime. Uh, Patreon exists. It's awesome. I love it. I'm so glad you guys are members. And uh, thank you so much for giving it up. And if you want to sign up for more Patreon stuff, that's fantastic. And also, by the way, as I've mentioned, uh, the aforementioned David Watson, the aforementioned Ashley Allen, they are now eligible for this offer. July 7th, 2018, I'm going to be in Cincinnati at the Clifton Performance Theater. And again, like I said, if you're a $10 subscriber now and into July, you continue it all the way till then, uh, you get a free ticket. You can just tell me and I'll put you on a goddamn list. If you're in Ohio, if you're anywhere near where the Big Red Machine won several World Series is in the 70s, if you were anywhere near a Tony Perez statue, if you're anywhere near a Vontaze Perfect punching a crack addict and stealing his wares, go ahead and let me know. Because that's in Cincinnati, and I'll be there on July 7th at the Clifton Performance Theater, and I want you to be there, folks. Tickets are available on Brown Paper Tickets. Don't kid yourselves. You can buy the tickets the regular way. But if you're a Patreon subscriber for the next few months, you get in free. You can come out. And also, during the day, there's a Spartan Sprint. Me and, uh, I think, David, I haven't heard much from David. I think he's doing it. And uh, and our great friend, Colette, we're going to be out there running. And uh, you ever see that clip on World of Sports where the girl shits herself after running a, a marathon? I think I'm going to pull that off, even though it's a three mile, it's a three mile run. So you wouldn't think I would shit myself, but still, maybe I just do it for fun. What the hell? I mean, if it's 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 a Spartan sprint. You mean to tell me when the Spartans had fights, they didn't fucking shit one another? I saw 300 Xerxes. You fuck. Like kick that guy in the pit. He shit himself the whole way down. Of course he did. Um, so please come out. To, well, you don't have to come out to the race if you want to run the Spartan sprint with us. You can, but I will tell you this: you should come out to the show that night because I will be fucking. Desperately in need of people to bring medicine and salve. Please bring a salve. Could you bring a balm? That'd be great if you brought a balm or a salve and you just fucking wiped me up. Brought some bandages. Brought a chair. A complex set of levers and pulleys to keep me standing on stage while I tell my stories. That'd be fantastic. Do me a favor. Come out here to Arizona and steal one of these chairs so I can hurt my legs even further after the race. I can't imagine what kind of medieval torture device this chair used to be. However, now it's holding up my fat ass while I try to do a goddamn podcast for you folks. Um... And the thing I was going to talk about before uh, before we were so rudely interrupted by a fucking show um, was uh, I was going to talk about whether or not you could survive hanging out of a plane at 30,000 feet. I'm sure you could, right? It would just be, it would just mess your hair up a little bit. Sure, that'd be great. <laughs> uh, no, I was going to talk about, um, I was talking to Gio and he, he, dude, Gio is a fountain of information. He's the best. And that, by the way, that's super fan Gio, not super fan of me, but super fan of others. And he was telling me because this week, Arlie Ermy died who's the fucking dude from uh, full metal jacket. And, uh, and so I, I, I was on Sunday, I was texting with him and I sent him a note and I literally, all I just wrote was no, like in all caps. And he wrote me back and he's like, uh, did you know that that guy was a pimp? And I'm like, I don't, and, and, and look, I'm old. 
young people, pimp means something different. You know what I mean? I'm sure it was like some sort of, uh, he had a pimp hand that was strong or he's a, I don't know. He has a cane and a hat. I got no fucking idea. So I was just like, whatever. And then Gio wrote me. He's like, no, he literally, he talked about it on the Corolla podcast. And, and he describes that Arlie Ermey ran brothels in Japan or in Asia, like Vietnam. And he was the guy who ran it. He would set them up. He would work security and he would procure girls and he did. And, uh, and I guess he had a conversation with Adam Carolla on the podcast about it years ago and he joked about it. And he was like, and I guess they were like real girls or underage girls. And Arlie Ermey's like, well, I wasn't checking IDs. I just had to get girls to work or whatever. And, uh, and I was like, this story sounds ridiculous. So I Googled it and you can only find it like now on Reddit or in the fucking Corolla archives, but it's fucking true. Like I was like, part of me was when I was reading it, I'm like, oh man, Arlie Ermey, I kind of liked him as an actor. And, uh, but then of course, Everybody in the fucking world goes on fucking social media and they're like, no, Arlie Ermey, I loved him in this. Minute. So fucking what? That's just about you, man. That's not about Arlie Ermey. That, that, that gets nothing done. All that is is you pissing and moaning going, look at me. I saw this guy's movie one time because I actually thought about tweeting something and I'm like, why? I didn't fucking love Arlie Ermey. It's like the same people who go overboard when they like on Saturday Night Live last week, which was actually I, I'll talk about that in a second. But like Robert De Niro was on. And people on Twitter are like, oh my God, fucking Robert De Niro, I'm losing my mind. And I'm like, really? He's been on before. He'll be on again. He's just, he's doing a sketch. He's in, he's in a wig too. And he's also not good. I mean, it's just, he's just out there reading cue cards, but you're, you're doing a somersault. Good for you. I, you're easily pleased. Like I said, that's the kind of person who will come out here, sleep in a bunk bed, share a fucking bathroom, and then sleep in somebody's laundry room. That's that, you know, cause again, and still give it five stars. That was the thing. Yeah. I don't think I ever finished that thought when that guy had that laundry room. People were like, well, it was a, you know, if you're just looking for a place to crash, it's a good place. No, no, it's not the fucking street's a good place to crash. Motherfucker. Don't try to give this guy, you know, you've got to. You've got to hoot these guys out of business. You can't let these motherfuckers get away with it. Same thing with Uber and Lyft drivers. If they're bad, you got to say something or else you'll just be getting more fucking bad or somebody will fucking die. It's like, a, and I know people have weaponized Yelp and they try to go, well, you know, if you don't give me some free food, I'm going to tell people your thing stinks. And that's why you can't believe fucking Yelp. But all the Lyft and Uber stuff, that's private. And Airbnb, that's public to let people know they don't sleep. Like I, I didn't, and look. I didn't leave reviews for the two creepy guys I stayed with. Yes, I get it. I'm, I'm totally flying in the face of the advice that I'm giving you. But, you know, I should have put out, hey, this guy kept telling me about, uh, he kept showing me nude photographs that he'd taken and showing them to my girlfriend. I should have talked about the other guy. I said, hey, you guys can walk around nude if you want. And he looked my girlfriend right in the eye when it happened. Um, I, I could have done those things, but I didn't. And then when I talked to the Airbnb people, they were the ones who steered me right. They were like, you got to report that stuff because if you don't, those guys will continue to rent fucking places and that's what happens. And I'm like, all right, so, so I, why the fuck, how the fuck did I spin off into this goddamn stuff? Anyway, Arlie Ermey's a pimp. All right, so, but that's totally true. I fucking read the story, and he he laughed about it on the show. Like, how does that guy, especially now, I mean, it was funny, the way Gio put it was like, man, he find, he got out just before the Me Too people found out about him. And I'm like, yeah, I guess so, because how did nobody want it? Because even in every, every obit, everything where they talked about him, they were just like, yeah, he's the, you know, they explained how he got the part in Full Metal Jacket, and it's fascinating how he got it. He basically stole it. Because he was a technical advisor. He wanted to be the, the, the fucking gunnery sergeant. And they're like, nah, you can't be the, the drill instructor. We already got a guy. So then when they were auditioning extras, they had the guy who was actually in the part of the drill instructor doing it. And he half-assed it. And then he blew his voice out and he's like, all right, well, let the other guy do it. So then fucking Arlie Ermey did it. And Kubrick is still filming. And Kubrick goes, that's the fucking guy. He goes, that's, it's just, I mean, look, he's not, He's not acting. That's who he is. That's exactly what I want in my fucking movie. So they whack the other dude. And Matthew Modine, the way he explains it, he goes, it was. It taught me a great lesson. It taught me that you fucking go balls out all the time because you're always one phone call away from getting put on a plane home. 
You never have the fucking part. And I was like, dude, that's, that's, I clipped it and saved it. I love that fucking advice. Now I didn't realize it was from a pederast who fucking stocked brothels in Japan. I didn't realize that was the guy who motivated Matthew Modine to be the best actor he could possibly be. But when you think about that, like he, he says he, he procured girls and he, he worked security. I mean, th- there's no doubt he, he's, he's passing, he's not like comforting these, he's passing out knuckle sandwiches, right? He's beating up young 11 year old girls and telling them to fuck guy jeans. I mean, that's the only thing he could be doing. And I read, and I'm reading it and he's laughing about it when he's talking about this article and he's just like, yeah, well, you know that they, and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, that's some shady garbage, but, but he made it out. I mean, he's fine. Now, Harry Anderson died and, and he fully admitted that he was stocking Asian brothels. So, I mean, and, and also Barbara Bush died. She admitted she worked in an Asian brothel. I'll tell you what, the Asian brothels, they just can't keep their staff up. <laughs> if there's any lesson alert from this week, it's that Asian brothels are now woefully understaffed with the deaths of Barbara Bush, Arlie Ermey, and Harry Anderson. Boy, that's a triumvirate that goes, they might, that might be enough to take the Japanese sex trade down, really. When you find out that those three died, that's a hat trick of a loss for those people and the money is just going to go down and there is no more yen to be made by pimping out these girls because those three fuckers are powder. It's easier to hide when you pretend you're a nice. Women love a guy with a giant neck. See you.